Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, Sammies. We are so excited to bring you today's episode. Uh, Ketrin is doing the show with another special guest. Kim and Kev will be back together next week. But I am here to tell you about our virtual live show that we have happening tonight, October 19th, 2022. Um, We're super excited. It is free. It's live. It's virtual. And it's tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Just go to www.kksamlive.com. And that's where we'll be. See you there. Goodbye. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. To Kim and Ket, stay alive, maybe. We're a horror movie comedy podcast, and this week we're going to tell you a horror movie, spoilers and all, and uh, we're going to see if a special guest can stay alive. I'm Ketrin Porter. I am not Kim Burns. (gasps) Who are you? Uh, My name is Eric Porter Martin, a.k.a. Producer Eric. Uh... And what's and, your more important title? Uh, Ketrin's husband. Thank you. Christ. Jeez. Hi, everybody. Hi, sweetie. You look handsome. Thank you. You look handsome as well. Thank you. We're, we're in very weird places for those of you that often watch our episodes. Um, so Eric is broadcasting from his office. I am broadcasting from my cousin's house because I am poodle sitting and Kim is not broadcasting from Greece. She is in Greece. The country, not the musical. Right. Yes. She is reprising her role as Danny Zuko (laughs) in Greece, actually, in the country of Greece. The country of Greece is putting on the musical Greece and Kim is starring in it as Danny Zuko. (laughs) You heard it here first. It's very exciting for her. Let's all wish her luck and to break a leg. 
I'm 60 seconds in. I've already had to see myself out. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be doing, Eric and I are going to do a, do an episode today. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited. I know him very well. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous more so than is probably reasonable. It's utterly unreasonable. I think, I think there was a point in this show's life so far where I could have confidently said, I know this show better than anyone, even probably better than the two of you. Rude. But as I'm just because I listen to it the most, and I, uh, I don't know if this is boring for the Sammies or not, but uh, we used to, all three of us would listen to every single episode and propose edits and cuts and try and, you know, decide what made it to air. And then as the years have gone on, we've gotten more streamlined. It's kind of a well-oiled machine. So I don't listen to the full episodes uh, necessarily, like pre-edit. And I'm only... literally the only one who listens now. <laughs> That's true. Like Kim I doesn't even listen. Kim doesn't even listen. Like I could fucking say whatever the fuck I want on this bitch, and like no one will know. I could <laughs> so... be taking. I could be taking over the world right now. <laughs> well, someone will know. Hopefully, somebody's listening. <laughs> even if even if Kim gets it secondhand, <laughs> someone true. will hear. That's true. But yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like. I maybe my KK Sam skills are feeling rusty. I, you know, we'll see how this goes. I brought a notebook. I don't even know what I would use it. Yeah, for. Yeah, I'm like, what the I'm fuck like, are you gonna write in there? I'm afraid my attention span is gonna fail me. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. I'm yeah. honored to be here. I, I know when we had talked about this because Kim's traveling and and you and I were traveling. I was gonna be the first guest co-host, but just the way it worked out, uh, Mikey and Kim recorded the previous episode before us. So, and they did a, uh, Mikey did a great job. So I'm stepping into his giant shoes. Yeah. Uh, and Kim's medium sized shoes. <laughs> what is the date? Okay. It's the 12th, which means y'all are listening to this on the 19th. Yeah. Um, so 10 days ago was my birthday, October 9th. And here's the thing, you guys listen, I'm a thoughtful person. I'm, nice most of the like i'm in general like i'm i know how to be nice and i See, it seems a weird flex to well like because to well, that you're nice well because you listen to the back half of of what i'm saying so i also considered myself like a really great gift giver like up until 14 years ago i was like yo i am like the gift giving connoisseur like no one can touch me like i know how to make people cry with my gifts and then i met this bitch and like i've never felt so fucking inadequate in my life when it comes to like gift giving because he's just like a fount of ideas that leave me feeling Utterly loved and utterly inadequate. So well, only thank the you. first one of those is my goal. I, I, <laughs> the second one is a byproduct, an unintended consequence. For sure. So here, I didn't know where. I knew we were going on a on a trip somewhere, but I didn't want to know where, and I didn't want Eric to tell me anything because adorable little known but well known fact about Eric is like he's the king of spoilers, but like adorably like doesn't know that he's the king of spoilers and like has a reputation as being the king of spoilers but like it's so cute because like he doesn't think that he is and so i was like i don't want to have any information about this trip because if you give me a clue you're going to accidentally like give me the full itinerary so i was like just don't tell me anything so like we literally were going to the airport and i didn't know what city we were flying to 
So we get to the airport. Obviously, once I get to the gate, I know what city we're going to. We're going to Salt Lake City. I had considered trying to ask you to wear a blindfold in the airport, but (laughs) I didn't think that was going to fly. Literally, they wouldn't have let me fly. (laughs) So, I mean, it would have been like me being like, no, I'm not being kidnapped. If there was a way to get you on the plane without you knowing where we were going, that would have been ideal. But that was... Yeah. Once we got to the airport, I knew you were going to know at least the city. But all it said was Salt Lake City. And I was like, what the fuck is he taking me to Salt Lake City for? So we get there and I knew that like the main event was the second night we were there. So when we got there, he took me to the Tracy Aviary, you guys. So if anyone finds themselves in Salt Lake City, you should definitely go. It's obviously it's a it's a bird sanctuary or aviary. And they are really like they take they really love birds like they take really good care of the birds and they are part of the program to like bring certain uh species back from extinction like they're they're awesome well back and from extinction would be tough but <laughs> they they do magical spells <laughs> to bring birds back from the dead um they're working on dinosaurs next at the trace at the tracy aviary so i got to go in and like obviously we're looking at all of the different birds and it was amazing and i cried but then i really sobbed hysterically because i got to feed lorikeets which are just look them up if you don't know what they look like i didn't know what they look like either they look like little flying rainbows and they drink little sugar water out of your hands and i sobbed i sobbed to the point that there was a child standing outside of the birdcage that Eric and I were standing and feeding these animals. And I, with tears streaming down my face, had to say to the child and his parents, hi, these are happy tears. The birds don't hurt you. Because it just looked like I was like having that I was had been terrorized by birds, but I wasn't. I was utterly delighted by them. Well, before yeah. we even got to the Tracy Aviary, we went on a, a nature hike. We learned uh, an important difference. We learned 14 years together. We learned something about each other that mm-hmm. I think was super valuable. So yep. when we go, when we go anywhere, Ketrin walks a lot faster than I do. She I walk at a, a normal pace and Eric saunters at the speed of an injured snail. Yes. Go on. I, I, I want Kim to weigh in on this. I think, <laughs> I think we're going to have more witnesses that say you walk extraordinarily fast <laughs> than complain about how slow I walk. But we'll whatever the case, our, our, walking speed is incompatible so when we go on hikes she's doing this thing where she'll walk ahead then like stop and put her hands on her hips and you know look at her watch and wait for me to catch up (laughs) and we just do this (laughs) 70 times over the course of a hike and what we realized is that she's trying to do like intense cardio she's like i'm trying to get my heart rate up i'm trying to break a sweat and i'm like just me being out there i'm my heart rate is going up i'm gonna break a sweat so for me i treat a hike more like a nature walk and right. she's like trying to do boot camp. And so yeah. once we understood that about each other, everything made a little more sense. Yes. So I think it's cool that 14, is it actually 14? I don't think it's 14 till next summer, but whatever. 2009, June 15th, 2009. So yeah, it'll be 14 come next June, but yeah, 13 and change uh, together. We, we are still finding out things about each other. Yes, and only, you know, 30,000 fights about that exact topic later. <laughs> and then we, we finally figured it out. Yeah, um, we also met an actual, like, monster on the hike. A, I was, I was this is not an exaggeration. This is not an exaggeration. We met a monster. Um, as we're walking, we came face-to-face 
eyeball to eyeball with a wild tarantula. A tarantula. A tarantula. I have a video of this. Maybe we can post this to the socials after, yeah. after this. But the thing was no joke. The size of a tennis ball. It well, was a thousand percent. Big. And like we were our lives were in like severe danger. <laughs> It was definitely not happy that we were there. We had to like negotiate our way back down the mountain because the the spider was like, "This is my this is my domain, and you you have trespassed." It was like it was really touch and go there for a minute, wouldn't you say, hun? Uh, sure. <laughs> I think my version is, "Hey, we saw a cool tarantula, and I took a quick video of it." But I think all this stuff you said is also accurate (laughs) so we did that and then the next day was the main event and listen guys there most music irritates me most music i have no desire to like listen to if there's a song that i hate that comes on the radio like i punch it off like i don't even like calmly turn it down or anything but there is one band where like i like the majority of their music and that band is Paramore. And they're like on tour again now. And obviously we were going to, Eric wanted to take me to to see Paramore, but to go to any of the LA concerts was, they were actually like requiring uh, our firstborn child in and order to go. Kids, so yeah, we're not having kids. So like we couldn't go. Um, but Salt Lake City, they were like, no, we'll just take like a reasonable amount of like dollar bills. And so we opted to do that or Eric opted to do that. It was cheaper to fly to Salt Lake City, rent a car for two days, stay in a hotel for two nights and get two tickets to Paramore than it was to go see a concert in California. Yeah, so. yeah the, the night one of the tour was Bakersfield and I was even on like a fan wait list, sold out instantly. And then StubHub tickets were like $600. And I was like, yeah, there's just there's no way. And then I was like, but two nights after that, they're playing in Salt Lake City for $80. And so I crunched the numbers, and it legit was cheaper to fly to Salt Lake City than to try to go to the Bakersfield show. Plus, we got to go to Salt Lake City Yo. as opposed to Bakersfield. Yeah, and also, like, the Salt Air, uh, like, venue where we saw it is, like, an outdoor venue on the fucking bank of the Great Salt Lake. And, like, we just watched the sunset over the lake and then Paramore played and Haley Williams um, stole my heart yet again. (laughs) So that's what we did. And then on my actual birthday, I um, got more tattoos and Eric sat there with me for six hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thanks, honey. It was a really special birthday. I will not do as well for yours, but I'll, I'll try my hardest. (laughs) Well, like I said, you letting me do this for you is my gift. Like, honestly, that's just the way I'm wired. So no need to try and top it because you're not going to top it. (laughs) That's true. So we'll just we'll call it even. Well, you're the best and I love you desperately. And this podcast only exists because Eric does all the stuff that we don't know how to do. And he's so supportive and the best. Okay, so (laughs) let's do this movie. Are you ready? 
I I think so. All right. Also, guys, if you hear like squeaking, this chair that I'm sitting in is really squeaky and I don't have my own situation here. So please just bear with me. This Um, is like a substitute teacher day. Like it's not going to be like when your regular teacher is here. Right. It's going to be weird. We're going to drag the VCR in at some point. VCR. (laughs) How fucking old am I? You're a thousand years old. The VCR. And that was my back. You just told everybody that the next birthday I'll be failing miserably at making you feel as special as you made me feel on my birthday is your 80th birthday. Yes. Back in the civil war, we used to drag this VCR in when there was a substitute. Yeah. The point is this episode's going to be weird. I hope it's still fun. Thanks for having me. Let's do this thing. You're welcome. Okay. So I obviously had to do a movie that Eric has never seen. So I asked him, you know, what are, what are some like pretty big horror movies that you know, you haven't seen. I then uh, created a uh, Patreon poll to have our patrons vote on what movie they wanted me to tell him. So the reason that I'm telling you what this process was, was because I feel that in order for me to not look like, like some sort of sadistic monster wife, like I need to explain what the process was. So one of the films that he hasn't seen is Final Destination, starring my one of my first loves, Devin Sawa, who like I am just so utterly embarrassingly thirsty about whenever I do a movie that he's in. And now you're gonna think like, oh my god, now she's like subjecting her husband to like, you know, her thirst trap. In a in a on a podcast episode, like is she a monster? Yes, I am, but not for this reason. Everyone you, voted; they wanted need, me to tell uh, you final destination. Do yes, we get a towel to sit on or something before we do this. No, I'll be fine, sir. <laughs> okay, I thought, I thought it might be this, and I, and here's why: because like I knew this was on the list of things that I hadn't seen. This one had just slipped by. And I thought, well, if the, if the Sammies are paying attention, they're definitely going to want to hear you talk about this. And this is one you and Kim can't do because you both know it. like the Exactly. Back of the exactly. So I actually got yelled at by my cousin when I told her. So she sent me a, a TikTok. That's how we communicate. My cousin Liv, OG Sammy from way back. She was like, this TikTok was basically, everyone's like, what's the, the movie that's influenced our culture the most? And they give a few examples. Forrest Gump or, you know. Shawshank Redemption and this woman who posted the TikTok was like no it's actually Final Destination and I can prove it there's not a person alive in this country who doesn't switch lanes when they get behind one of the log trucks on the freeway and it's like that literally changed the way we drive a thousand percent and so I was like haha also I've actually never seen this I'm guest hosting K.K. Sam, and I think this might be the movie we're doing. She's like, how can you not have seen this? This is iconic. Like, she really <laughs> read me for filth. So, uh, I'm glad I can kind of check this box, move on with my life. Yeah. And Yeah, uh, you're going to get to see it through through my my eyeballs. Alright, so you ready? You know what this, this part is. John holds out. Tits up. So, Final Destination, the first one. This came out in 2000. So I was a ju- junior in high school. Eric was just entering the nursing home, I think, that year. 
Um, <laughs> I just got my AARP card. Yeah, so. exactly. Congratulations. And it is directed by James Wong. Stop clicking your pen. You're like, Kim, I have to tell you to stop making noises. Um, <laughs> directed by James Wong, and it's written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong, and Jeffrey Reddick. Okay. Are you ready for Dead or Alive? I do want to remind you, I try to say the character names. I often don't. So you're just going to have to be real flexible here and just remember how I refer to people. All right. I've heard the the show. So. Okay. So first one is Alex slash Devin. I'm going to go alive. Allie Larder slash clear. Uh, I'm going to go dead. Also, like, I have seen this, like, only because I looked up the character names on IMDb. I always thought it was Claire. Like, obviously, when they're saying it, clear, Claire, you're like, obviously, it's Claire. Can't be named Clear, but no, it's Clear. And then Carter, who's played by, oh, his first name is Kerr, K-E-R-R. He was real big in the 2000s, and now I'm forgetting his last name. Anyway, Carter or Kerr. Uh, Dead. Valerie Luton, who's a teacher. Dead. Todd, 1D. 1D? Definitely dead. (laughs) Uh, George. Dead. Billy, otherwise known as Stifler. (laughs) Stifler's in this? Uh, Stifler's dead. And Terry slash blonde girlfriend. Blonde girlfriend is dead. Definitely not playing with Kim today. That's for damn sure. Ooh, does that that mean I... That, I'm not going to tell you. Does that bode well? I'm not going to tell you what that means. Okay, so here we go. You ready? I am. All right. We see someone packing a suitcase, and it's Devin. And he is in high school, okay? So I want I want you to just get a sense of, like, what age range we're looking at. He is a senior in high school, and So he, I'm picturing, like, idle hands Devin. Yeah, but honestly, like... He felt he played young, even younger than that to me. Okay. He played young. Um, could have just been like the character he was playing is very different from his Idle Hands character, but regardless. So um, his parents come in and, you know, they're like, Are you ready for your big trip to France? Like he's basically going on a trip to France with his French class. Uh, so 10 of his friends or what, or the French class for 10 days. And uh, he's super excited. And his dad's like, live it up. You got your whole life ahead of you. And he has like on the suitcase, that tag that you have like to check your bags, you know, and it's the tag from whatever trip his dad previously took. And his mom like goes to rip it off. And Devin's like, no, it's good luck. Like, because the plane didn't crash with that tag on it. And so she's... So, so does someone adhering to this run around with like 60 tags on their bag? Like, is it just the most recent flight or do you have to keep all of them? I guess I've never heard this before. The only thing it reminded me of, and this is going to reveal me as the preppy hearth having girl that I was um, where people would keep their ski lift tags on their jacket. So like they'd come to school with their North face and they'd have like 12 ski lift tags on it. Cause they're like, they went to Vail with their family. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, but the mom is like, that's ridiculous and rips it off. Rude. Mom. Yeah. Um, 
So he goes to sleep. Cut to all the kids heading into the airport. All right. Uh, One of the dads puts cash into his son's uh, breast pocket and is like, take care of your brother. We learn that Todd and George are brothers. Todd is the cut up and George is the responsible one. And then we meet Kerr. Wait, so who gets the money? The responsible one, George. Yeah. Um, And then Kerr, who's Carter, um, and his girlfriend, Terry, who's blonde. Uh, then we have, uh, uh, then we have Allie Larder, who is brunette in this movie, so we know that she's supposed to be a nerd, a dork. <laughs> right? <laughs> Obviously. So, uh... And we always hear that casting directors have no imagination, but here we are, Allie here Larder we are. playing a nerd. Right. But they were like, but obviously you can't have blonde hair. That's ludicrous we'll have to we'll have to dye your hair brown so uh the teacher is speaking french none of the kids know what he's saying relatable i took seven years of french guys and i understood none of what they were saying and you named your college gang a mispronunciation of a french of a french word yeah so they go through customs and devin looks back at the board that says like this flight to this place blah 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 now it's not an electric one it's one that like flips like little has little panels that flip so every time it flips it's like kind of an unsettling sound because it's like as it goes down and he like keeps looking at it and it's kind of like freaking him out and he sees his flight flight 180 leaving from gate 46 the customs lady is like oh your birthday and he's like what and she's like your departure time your departure time is 9 25 the same as your birthday and he's like oh okay that's weird but he's just Devin is just he feels off. Like, he's just feeling distracted. Like, he feels weird. He just isn't quite all there. Like, he just seems on edge. Is he an, is, are we getting that he's, like, an anxious traveler, or there's something specific about this trip? That's right now, we're getting that he's an anxious traveler. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the sense of, like, he kind of maybe hasn't traveled mm-hmm. and is, is nervous about this trip. Mom went and fucked him up by pulling his tag off. Pulling the fucking tag right off. Right after learning that it's good luck. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Ch- call, call the child abuse hotline (laughs) okay so the two brothers todd and george are like fighting over the money that their dad gave them terry and carter are making out she's like straddling him in the airport in high school like that's not appropriate where are these teachers oh this is where i said ali larder is brunette so we know she's studious because she's also the only one who knows how to speak french no glasses though or did she have glasses as well because that's usually the code for i know she didn't have glasses but the brunette was enough to tell us that and the fact that she's like sitting off by herself so Devin is looking out at the plane that's arrived at the terminal, gate 46 and his friend todd goes up to this part you can relate to honey his friend Todd goes up to him and goes, let's go take a shit. And Devin's like, what? Why? And he's like, it's a seven-hour flight. And those two hot chicks, there's like two twins, I guess, that are in the class or whatever, or like two sisters or whatever. And he's like, imagine, it's a seven-hour flight. All of a sudden, you have to shit. You go into that tiny little bathroom, you do your business, and then there's hot chick one and hot chick two waiting for the bathroom, and they have to go in after you, and they smell that you just took a shit. You're going to want to not have that happen, so we need to go try and shit now. 
so he's got some poo anxiety and you think that, that is something I can relate to. Yes. Because, because it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm less concerned about hot twins smelling the after effects. Right answer. But more just like what, yeah, I would much rather go on the ground in a stall than in like a little makeshift closet in the middle of the, the sky. Guys, my entire life, my entire life is spent waiting for Eric to catch up to me as I walk at a totally normal pace <laughs> or waiting for him to not be in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> it's my whole life. That's it. That's all I do. Well, another thing with us is when we were stuck together during the pandemic, you know how sometimes women that spend a lot of time together, their menstrual cycles will sync up. Yes. We realized that our bathroom cycles synced up and it has not come off of, of that rhythm. So pretty much every time I go to the bathroom, 30 seconds later, you show up at the door pissed that I'm already in there. It is. I am super pissed because like, it's not just going to be like a quick situation. You're going to be in there for the next hour and 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think what it is, is like, you don't even have to go until you hear me go. And somehow subconsciously that triggers you to go, Oh, now I need to go, but he's in there. Gosh, darn it. No, that's not what's happening. It's just that you're always in there. That's why it feels like, that's why it feels like I'm always appearing when you have to go. It's because you live in there. Like, that's why. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. So they go have a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> they go together. <laughs> yes. This is sitting next to each other. Stall in, in neighbor stalls. John Denver is playing in the, you know, on the sound system. And Devin makes what, a comment. I? No. What, uh, I don't know John Denver songs. I don't know. But they make a comment that, like, they're like, oh, he died in a plane crash. Like, you probably shouldn't play John Denver at airports. And I was like, that's not, like, totally unsound rules. I don't know. I don't feel like you should play the music of someone who died in a plane crash. Just to be safe, you know, at an airport. So, pre-boarding is called for their flight. Teacher... Mrs. Luton is calling for Billy Hitchcock. Like, he's one of the people in the class, but he's not there yet. And they're walking down the terminal, and there's a thunderstorm outside, which is really fucking scary. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I fly a lot, but, like, flying in a thunderstorm really fucking scares me. And uh, Devin, like, looks at the door, and there's, like, some scratches on it. And then uh, he walks in, and there's, like, a baby crying in first class, which scratches I was like, that's on, the... on which door? Honestly, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was more, like, sometimes a plane gets, like, dented, banged up. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, it just... Like, it, I thought they were still in the bathroom, so that's... I was just sorry, like, no, they were walking down the terminal. Honey... I said they were walking down the terminal. You got to stick. You got to stick with me. I think I was imagining me at least 90 minutes in the get, back. No. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're getting on the plane now. Okay. He also hears a baby crying, which I was like, that's the true nightmare. Somebody needs to make a horror movie just about a baby crying on a seven hour flight. And Todd says, that's a good sign. And Devin's like, why? And I'm like, why? And he's like, it would be pretty fucked up of God to take down this plane. There's also a mentally disabled person in the in the front row to which they say, yeah, really fucked up. And I was like, is this the same God that flooded the entire planet? Yeah. Killing like countless a, babies and, yeah. and people with all different manner of illnesses? Their, their logic wasn't sound. 
at all. So Devin sits in row 25, turns on his air, and he's like sweating. Like he's about to have a panic attack. So the two hot girls go up to Todd. The ones they didn't want to smell them. Correct. Yeah. Go up to Todd and they ask if he, if Todd will switch seats so that they can sit together. Todd says no, because he wants to sit with at least one of them. Basically, the two were were separated and one of them was sat with him. And so he's like, no, I really like this seat or whatever. So they're like, ugh, fucking Todd. So they go back to Devin and they're like, hey, can we switch with you so we can sit together? Question one, what do you say? What does Devin say? Uh, I say sure, because I don't give a shit. So yes, I switch. I think Devin doesn't because he seems super stressed and super superstitious. So I think he's going to be like, no, this is my seat and it's a 25 and there's all these 25s happening. So Devin's going to sit his ass in his own chair. Final answer. Okay. These are my first potential points. I know. Do me a favor. Go get the bell from the living room. Because I forgot it, so Where you're gonna in the living room? you're gonna ding your own bells. <laughs> it's on it's on top of my desk. Oh, okay, cool, perfect. Right okay, all right. So I'm gonna attempt no bell shenanigans. I'm gonna try and play this straight. We'll see what happens. Okay, give yourself one ding for your for yourself. So if you had done that hand in hand, you would have gotten a double ding because Devin actually says, "Sure, I'll switch." Okay, because for him, he's like, "I'll get to go sit with Todd, my buddy." I like to, we like to shit together and sit together. <laughs> so, and also if there's any lingering poo smell, he wants to be as far away from those girls as possible. Exactly. I should have factored that in. Yeah. So he goes and sits with Todd and he goes to like put his, do something with his tray table, his, yeah, his tray table. Is that what they're called? That is. Okay. And he goes to like fuck with it and the, the pin comes out. So now it like flops down and uh, he's like, fuck. So like just things are not going the way that he wants them to go on the plane. He's super nervous. mom. Yeah. So now Stifler boards and he's like, sorry, I'm late, everybody. He's Billy. Billy Hitchcock. Got it. And they're about to take off. Devin looks super nervous. He's freaking out. Um, and the French teacher like tells them to cheer in French. Devin looks like he's going to barf. Stifler is eating a sandwich. And the, the teacher wants them to cheer Stifler arriving? No, like, yay, we're taking off. We're going to France. Like <laughs> That reminds me of one of those times uh, Jimmy Kimmel's got the celebrities read mean tweets. Uh-huh. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, is reading a tweet. And he goes, Tom Holland looks like one of those whiteys that cheers when the plane lands. <laughs> they are, those people are fucking assholes. I don't know why it enrages me so much, but it really does. Um, I've never heard the takeoff version of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's just trying to get his kids to speak French. Any reason to like do that. So they take off immediate turbulence immediate turbulence and like the captain is like don't worry folks it's uh, all okay and blah blah blah, blah. and everyone it, the turbulence stops and everyone's like oh that was scurry 
And uh, then more turbulence. Girl, shit is now flying out of the storage bins. Like, people are falling out of their seats. The I'm sure fucking Devin's getting banged in the dick by his floppy tray table. Banged in the dick by his floppy tray table. Oxygen masks come down. Like, it's real fucking scary. Everyone is screaming. An entire side of the plane comes off, bro. Off. And those rows of people next to the side of the plane that now has no wall are sucked out. Now, that's not even the scariest part because now people start blowing up. Like there's some sort of like electrical situation. So now the plane is on fire and a huge explosion happens and we see Devin burned alive. He's dead. He was the only person I had surviving the fucking movie. (laughs) What is happening? He's dead. He's dead in the first nine seconds. He's dead in the first nine seconds. Um, Except, wake up, it's all been a nightmare. You told me you haven't seen this movie. I've never seen this. I just can't believe they kill the lead guy. (laughs) So, he comes to... And he comes to. Is he at home or is he like? In, he's still on the, on the plane. The airport. He's oh, still he's in the plane. And the two girls say to him again, "Can you switch with us?" Okay. So, <laughs> question two: Will you trade? What do you do? What do they do? Or what I, do you? Sorry, what do you do? What does Devin do? Can I ask a, a clarifying question during yes. his dream sequence? Was the seat? he stayed in safe from all of the bullshit. I mean, it sounds like if the side of a plane goes off, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. The whole thing's fucked anyway. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, cause this, cause he's, cause he's a movie character. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say neither one of us switch seats hand in hand. We stay put zero points. Fuck. Okay. I outsmarted myself. He has a full blown panic attack. Uh, and starts screaming that the plane is going to explode. And he starts freaking out. And so not answering the question I didn't realize was an option. <laughs> <laughs> he starts freaking out. And Kerr, Carter, I don't know how you say it, K-E-R-R, Care? It's probably Care. Uh, Care punches him in the face for like making a scene so d- during his freak out does he get up and start running up and down the aisle yes or is he still- okay so he doesn't yeah. stay in his seat okay. no and stifler uh can't get on now because remember like stifler was getting on and now stifler can't get on because Devin is like freaking out security guards have to come they take Devin off the plane they then take care off the plane as well because care punched somebody punch, right. and stifler is kind of just like in the melee kind of like pushed off the plane as well. George then tells Todd, get up and go check on Devin. So Todd gets off the plane. So does Allie Larder. Clear. Claire, clear. Clear, Claire. And apropos of no one, like she's just kind of looking around and kind of sees what's happening and like sneaks off the plane. Care's blonde girlfriend, who's named Terry, also gets off because... This is the girl that was straddling. Yes, because boyfriend. 
the brunette teacher, Miss Luton, also gets off the plane, as does the French teacher. Okay? So. So only one of the brothers got off the plane. Correct. George, George stayed on the plane. George stayed. Yeah. Todd got off. Todd goes. Yeah. So now we're back in the terminal, like not on the plane anymore in the airport. And the security guard is arguing with the teacher being like, no, you can't get back on. She's like, I can't like both teachers are off the plane now. Like I can't send these kids to France without a fucking teacher on the plane. Like you, and the security guard is finally like, fine, just one of you can go. And the guy that speaks really good French is like, I'll stay with the kids that got kicked off. And Miss Luton is like, no, I don't speak French. Like, I'm just here as a chaperone. You need to go with them. I'll stay. So French teacher goes. Brunette stays. Carter, Care, and Terry. So Carter and Terry watch the plane take off. Mrs. Luton asks Devin to, like, say what his vision was. Like, basically being like... Why the fuck did you freak out, bro? And Carter is being an asshole. And Devin, like, charges at him. And they are, like, scuffling on the ground together. And the guards, like, pull them apart. And Devin, like, in his anger is like, I wish you were on that plane. Stifler is watching out the window as the plane takes off and explodes. (laughs) So... Cut to, uh, ten oh five. So the plane just exploded a half an hour ago, uh, and they're all sitting in like, you know, a room like in the airport where they take trouble. I don't know, um, airport <laughs> jail, I guess. And uh, everyone is just like staring at Devin, totally freaked out, and. He's like, you're looking at me like I like I caused this. And uh, somebody asks, are there any survivors? And, oh, somebody asked Devin, are there any survivors? And Devin's like, how the fuck should I know? Like, I'm not, like, and everyone's just kind of looking at him. And he's like, you're looking at me like I'm some sort of, and Allie Larder chimes in, is like, he's not a witch. So now... Uh, I don't know why I wrote this man's full name because he literally has like an under five. But for some reason, I wrote out his full name. The character Howard Siegel comes in from the National Transportation Safety Board (laughs) and says, does anyone need medical attention? Does anyone need spiritual counseling? End of his scene. But we have his full character name and occupation listed for some reason um, in my notes. Someone asks him if there are any survivors, and he just kind of, like, avoids the question, but is interrupted by two FBI agents coming in. Agent- so the answer isn't no. The answer is, oh, I don't want to say. Exactly. <laughs> well, to be fair, like, it just exploded half an hour ago. Like, they don't know if there's any survivors, you know? Like, you have to go look and see. I suppose. So, agent... When Stifler saw it blow up, how far off the ground was it? Was it, like, hundreds of feet in the air? Was it kind of, like, two stories up? Like, where... It was pretty high. Pretty high. Okay. Yeah. So Agent Wine and or Ween or something. I don't know. W E I N E. I don't remember what it is. And Agent Shrek. <laughs> Agent Wine and Agent Shrek. Okay. Yeah, from the FBI. They're like, we need to ask you some questions about today. Um, it's a potential criminal investigation. 
So they cut to asking Devin questions. They ask if he took any drugs. And Devin is still, like, obviously freaked out. And he's like, I saw it happen. And they're like, why did you say you wished Carter was on the plane? And Devin is like, I didn't think it was actually, like, I I freaked out. Like, I had a vision of the plane exploding. And then this fucking douchebag charged me. And I said I wished he was still on the plane. But, like, I didn't know it was going to explode. Like, he was just being an asshole. And they're like, okay, so if you didn't know why the, if you didn't know the plane was going to explode, why did you get off? And I was like, good question. So now we cut did to he Todd. Did talk about the mom and the tags and all that? Did he, he, he did not. So now we cut to Todd being questioned, same place. And he's pretty upset because his, he's like, my brother George told me to get off. To take care of Devin. George was like his lighthouse. Like he's Mm -hmm. rudderless. He's he's a mess. Honestly. Yeah. So teacher, they're now questioning the teacher and the teacher is also freaking out because she's like, I fucking told the French teacher to get on the plane. Like I, you know, sent him to his death. Just a lot of survivor's guilt happening here. It's like Buddy Holly shit. Like there was an argument over who was going to be on that plane with Buddy Holly and who was going to have to ride in the car. And whoever got on the plane was like, hey, I'm the winner. So it was like Big oh, Bopper, shit. Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly made it on the plane. And someone else was like, oh, fuck you guys. I got to take a car. And now he's alive. And that yeah. person was. I wish I remembered who it was. Janet yeah. Jackson. Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now we cut to them uh, questioning clear and uh, they're like, you're not friends. Is, that, with- is this an accent? It's like a regional accent. Like, no, I looked to at- say Claire. And no, it just sounds weird because they're from Wisconsin or something. No, I looked it up on IMDb. That's the only reason because it sounds like they're saying Claire, but in the subtitles and on IMDb, it's clear. And yet nothing could be less clear. <laughs> yeah. So they're question clear and they're like, you're not friends with anyone. And I was like, rude. <laughs> That's so rude. Like everyone just died. And they're like, weren't your friends. <laughs> so I don't want to see you at school crying. I don't want to see your book quotes. About yeah. This. You were literally friends with none of these people. Yeah. Don't about you. So fucked. And but basically their point is like no one told you to get off the plane so why did you and she's like i saw and heard alex and i believed him alex freaked her out so she got off the plane too cut to everyone's parents coming to pick them up except for clears she doesn't have any parents mm. well here's because she's a brunette I'm, br- I'm breaking i'm breaking the the form here mm-hmm. question a yes you're on the plane and you see someone have a spaz attack and scream that the plane's going to explode and gets removed by the police. Do you stay on that plane or do you get off? I have to, I need more information. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty, this is not me blowing smoke up my own ass. I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of care of whether or not someone's insane and I feel like I would have to assess, like, where their fear was coming from, if that makes sense. So if it... Like, so a, if you all thought I'm the person saying, was insane, you would blow it off. If you thought the person had a good head on their shoulders, you would be inclined to get off the plane. 
I can't, yeah, basically what I'm, what I'm saying is I can't say with a hundred percent certainty either way, what I would do. It would have to be a matter of like how I felt in the moment. In, Zero points. Thank Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so cut to Devin's parents giving clear a ride home. And it's raining super hard. Alex goes into his room and he... How, how did the police leave it? Were they like, we got our eye on you, like, we, we can't hold you, but we, we're going to keep watching you? Or we they, don't know. Or once everyone got questioned, everyone was cleared, clear was cleared, and they all yeah, went home. It, we don't know. We, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. So Alex is, uh, he's sobbing. He's really upset. Cut to a news report about Flight 180. And this is where we learn that there's no known survivors. And Alex is watching. His parents are asleep. Alex is just, like, sitting in the chair, like, silently crying. Uh, And they're now reporting about the kids that were taken off the plane. Like, we don't actually know why some of the children were removed from the plane, blah, blah, blah. Loud thunder. Devin goes to look outside. Lightning hits the street, like, right outside of his house, which is terrifying. Um, did I ever tell you that our, did I ever tell you that our house got hit by lightning and like my dad got like the weirdest injury from it? I don't ever tell you that story. So down in the basement where like our computer used to be on like the side of the basement that like isn't where the side of the stairs from the TV room. Okay. Um, you know, this is like an old old desktop kind of situation and like underneath the desk did he have his feet on the on the surge protector he had his feet on the surge protector and the house got hit by lightning and uh i don't know the mechanism by which this happened but like my dad was shocked through the bottom of his feet and it like blew him backwards he said it felt like someone took a baseball bat to the bottom of his feet isn't that weird I remember the first time I touched an electric fence. Same oh thing. yeah, I felt like someone punched me in the wrist. It didn't feel like a. It doesn't sizzle. feel like yeah. It doesn't it feel like fire or singe. No, it felt like someone punched my wrist and my yeah. hand went flying off the fence. So. Yeah, it's super weird. So now we cut to the. F- I thought it was a funeral. It's not. It's a. It's a memorial service for the kids, and they are trying there's no determining the cause of the accident they don't know why the plane went down um and there's like something under like a big giant sheet um as if it's like a dedication ceremony of some kind todd's dad todd and george's dad like look back at alex devon and like glares at him the agents the fbi agents are also there um and then we see that the sheet underneath the sheet is like a big bald eagle like a memorial to the kids that died i was like they erected that fucking wrought iron giant one-story eagle quick like with the quickness i i feel like they must have had it like ready to go like yeah, it must if, have been if, for another purpose and they just decided yeah to label it or they were just like if any of our kids die in like a mass plane crash <laughs> We need to make sure that we have, like, an eagle to represent the plane. Like when news stations have a pre-recorded obituary for exactly. celebrities. The school, yeah, the school has, like, brass statues ready to go for, like, any tragedy that happens. 
Um, if they had died in like a mass drowning, it would have been like a giant King Triton statue. <laughs> um, if they had been attacked by a bear, oddly enough, not a bear, it oh. would have been a, a wombat. I was expecting like a Winnie the Pooh honey pot or something. Oh, that one's, it would have been that. That one's better. So Big Eagle, uh, the survivors all like are given a rose to like go up and like place a rose on the memorial. Elton Care. John rewrites the words to Candle in the Wind. He's there. He was there. The yeah. Elton John was at the high school memorial. Um, Care is like standing behind Devin and he's like, don't expect an apology from me for saving him, I guess. Like, because, like, because he freaked out, Care had to punch him. Therefore, Care was taken off the plane. Therefore, Care is like a real fucking toxic jock dude. Yeah. Um, Care and Clear is going to fuck me up, I think, for this whole movie. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Um, For a hot second, I thought Clear was giving him the business. You, like, you can do it. I, I think you're going to get it. So That's what my notebook is for. He then says, I'm never going to die. And I said, spoiler alert, buddy. We're <laughs> all going to die. <laughs> he was. He was going to die. <laughs> um, Stifler then comes up. Has he got a sandwich this time? He does not have a sandwich, but he has massive amounts of stupid still. <laughs> um, and he says, I took my driver's test today. I got a 70. They said it's the lowest score you can get while still passing. And the, the, the instructor said, young man, you're going to die at a young age. So I guess what I want to know is, is that true? Asking Alex. So he's and, like the oracle now. Like everyone thinks yeah, he's got all yeah. kind of inside poop on, on the dying. Yeah. And Devin says, not here, not now, not ever. And I was like, you are the shittiest oracle ever. Like literally the the one thing that we all know is that we're all going to die. Like if you're trying to fake being an oracle, you're, you're terrible at it. Like the one thing you can say is definitely going to come true is that we're all going to die. Um, so then he's like, if I ask out Cynthia pastor, will she say yes? Like he's dumb. Ooh, I'm stiffler. Um, and Devin just rolls his eyes. He, Devin then goes up to Mrs. Luton to be like, hi, Mrs. Luton or whatever the fuck. And she's like, you scared the hell out of me and walks away from him. Devin then tells Todd that he misses him. And Todd says, I miss you too, man. And he's like, but my dad doesn't understand. And when he gets over this, we'll take a trip to the city and catch a Yanks game. Clear then comes up and says, because of you, I'm still alive. And instead of putting her rose on the memorial, she gives him her rose. And at that moment, a reporter snaps a picture of, of them. Cut to Todd giving a reading. And, you know, it's just about, like, we never think that death could come. But then it does, because we all die. Um, so, like, live your life. Yeah, so, like, live your life to the fullest or some shit. So, now we cut to Todd's house at night. And Todd goes into the bathroom. The window is slightly open. And the music 
is telling us that something is amiss, though we're not seeing anything be amiss. Uh, He closes the window. The door blows closed on the bathroom. Uh, He sits down to take another shit. Uh, It's with this movie. Todd takes a lot of shits. I don't know. You should be able to relate. So uh, angle on. Eric taught me that term. Uh, Angle on the water pipe from the toilet that goes into the wall uh, leaking. Okay. We now cut to Devin's room. He's got disaster books, maps. He's really like Charlie Kellying out here with the red yarn and, you know, and he's at compute at his computer with a coffee and he's like looking at shit, studying shit. He picks up a newspaper that that day's newspaper and he looks at a picture of clear that picture that the reporter snapped is like the front page of the newspaper bonus point. He sees this picture of Clear. He then opens up his drawer and takes out a... Rose. Zero points. A penthouse. To jerk didn't off. didn't see that coming. You didn't? I would have thought you would have gotten that bonus point. He takes. A, he saw a picture of Clear, thought He's she was hot. He's spank it to Clear. The nerdy girl with no friends. Right. So that's why he needs like a little help from his penthouse. I don't know. I thought like boys all knew like when the penthouse was coming out. I thought that was your oracle sense, like where you knew where naked chicks were going to be. Yeah, no, I kind of feel like if if I was a teenage boy when I and I was <laughs> uh, back in 1722 and I saw a picture of a girl and got the urge, that would have been enough. I think mm. the penthouse is when you don't have anything else going on. I see. I see. Speaking for myself. Speaking for yourself. I'm more likely to take the penthouse into the bathroom. Where you shit? Yeah, because there's nothing sexy happening in there. I need to bring something <laughs> sexy with me. <laughs> bring I could have definitely back. spanked it to a, a girl giving me a rose in the newspaper. <laughs> that would have been, been plenty for you. So now we're back with Todd in the bathroom. He picks up a razor, immediately cuts himself like on his neck. Um, water, like he's, like he's shaving or like he's harming himself. Shaving. Okay. He's shaving. Uh, water is now pooling from that leak, pooling towards him. And it's very blue. Like I was like, part of the issue with this water is like, it is clearly contaminated. It is like well, unnaturally that, blue. It's that toilet tank stuff. But that would that be coming the, out from the pipe if, in the if, wall? If the tank is... I'm not a plumber. I'm not a plumber. Scientist. You're not a. F- you don't, don't come at me with your with your bullshit toilet I know talk. Bl- I, there, if there's blue water five inches away from there, I I'm gonna check there first. I'm gonna I guess. Okay. Well, regardless, I assume it's from Mars. That I'm is. Go. This is some blue tank. I don't know. I think shit. I think it was from Mars. So it's but. Todd doesn't see this. Like, we just see that the water is sort of pooling towards him. He's now trying to like clip his nose hairs. He's doing a whole. Mm. makeover situation in the mirror. The water is now almost at his feet. Um, And uh, he then goes and like plugs in a CD player. When he plugs it in, it sparks. And he kind of like walks away and just misses the water. Like the water is about to touch his feet and then it doesn't. Cut to Devin. 
not wanting to jerk off. He like took out his penthouse and then like thought better of it. Just read the letters or something. I guess and just, just like read, put it the away. Jackie the joke man jokes. Like, yeah, he like he took it out and was like, never mind, and like put it away. <laughs> I was like, that's. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of any teenage boy ever. No, 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 no. I think you're obligated. Isn't that part of the rule? Yeah, you can't invoke it and then send it back. Like you yeah. can't see it through. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, what happens if you if you send it back? Maybe that's why where all of this goes off the rails. Maybe it had nothing to do with the plane crash. Maybe it's because he put his penthouse away before jerking it. Yeah. Probably. It offended some sort of deity. Did you guys know that you were going to get like science when Eric was on <laughs> this podcast? He decides not to jerk it, pisses off the penthouse oracle and then an owl flies into the window and a fan like slices up a piece of paper like i don't know there's a fan going and like, like a the a- or like a no like a desk fan? desk fan i don't know what the how the owl made paper go into the fan but it did and it like slices up a piece of paper and a piece of paper comes towards him and all it has is t-o-d on it like the way that it's ripped it just says t-o-d Okay. That spells Todd. No, I'm with you. (laughs) So Todd with the one D. Yeah. So now we cut like our our Todd in the movie. Yes. Ah. You're, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. So now we cut to back to the bathroom with Todd and he is now standing in front of the shower and there is a clothesline and there's like uh like so a retractable clothes line and there's lingerie hung on it so basically he's taking the lingerie off um and he oh, we get the sense this is mom's lingerie mom's or? mom's lingerie like there's nothing sexy happening here he's just like about to take a shower but like he's the clothes line the exactly yeah so um and he's presumably going to take the stuff off the line and then retract the clothesline so that he can get into the shower. This Todd's like walking through a Rube Goldberg style obstacle course. Bathroom. Yeah. So he's taking the lingerie down and then he slips on the water. Yeah. Which has found his foot. We now see that the water was somewhat sentient. It was like looking for his foot. Does he even, does he even, glance at the water and no trudging around in an inch of blue water like nothing's happening he's just living his life it's not an inch like it's definitely like just a little like stream you know but like it's following him kind of and he slips the clothesline immediately wraps around his neck but he's now standing in the shower and a bunch of shampoo bottles fall and so now he's like slipping on the floor. It's like that old commercial when they used to do the I can't carry all this yes. and conditioner at the same time and then That's what's happening. Yeah. So except he's being strangled by a clothesline. Right. So he can't get his footing. The shampoo bottles have fallen. It's wrapped around his neck. Question three, what do you do? What does he do? So he's being choked out and getting shampoo in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh I, what I do is I curse the damn owl that caused this. Girl, <laughs> are you ch- owl. are you trying to get points or are you trying to be funny? You know, I don't know that the two are mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not doing either. I think you so. call for help. 
Did Whoa. you hear that? <laughs> that was a good dig. <laughs> that was, I talked over. Give me that clean. We'll edit it back in. Okay. Well, you're not doing either. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I call for help. Mom. Mom. Come up here and, and you know, I'm being choked out. Or is he unable to Only, vocalize? He can't vocalize. He's like, bleh, bleh, ah. Yeah. And there's music. Salt and Peppa's playing on his CD player, so they couldn't hear him scream anyway. Correct. Okay, what the fuck do I do? What does he do? Uh, pull on the pull on the cord to try the to pull it out of the wall so that it's no longer like strangling me. That's my move. Okay. I think, what does he do? I think Todd uh, asphyxiates and dies. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what uh, I think happens. Give yourself one and a half dings. There you go. Okay. He can't get his footing. He does not reach above him. He's pulling at the thing at his neck, which I guess, obviously, like, you're in a panic. You're not necessarily thinking. But he is thinking enough to try to grab for the nose hair clippers. And that's reachable from where he is? Not really, because he doesn't (laughs) reach them. And then he dies. Okay. So. That checks out. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. I feel like there was a better option. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't that. Um, Then we see the water, like, creep back into the toilet. Oh, so there's some... There's some shenanigans. All right. There's shenanigans. All right. You ready? Here we go. That's not what I thought. I'm just processing. That's not what I thought this movie was. So I'm I'm reevaluating. This is going to inform... How I move forward. I would hope so. That's that's how that's we do this. Sort of the game. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I didn't think we had sentient water. So I that's we just, have sent we have sentient w- amongst other things. So for, for the impact this movie's had on pop culture, I've had heard nary a mention of the sentient of water. sentient water. So now we cut to Devin going to Todd's house because he's like, I saw Todd on a piece of paper. I got to go check on Todd. So he gets there, an ambulance is already there. Uh, he asks an EMT what happened and where Todd is. The FBI agents are also there already. Allie comes out from behind a tree. <laughs> she was hiding behind a tree. And that's where all the brunettes hide. And tells him. <laughs> and she's like. She's like, get out of here. Like, tells him, like, you shouldn't be here. He then sees the body bag and Todd and George's parents come up to him. And the dad is like, he had so much guilt about George that he took his own life. Mm, That's the cover story. He was really in there whacking it to his mom's lingerie and choking himself out. Yeah. Awry. Exactly. The family's all coalesced around this cover story yes exactly so Devin calls bullshit he's like he didn't take his own life he said we were going to be friends when you got over your bullshit he didn't say bullshit but he was like he said we were going to be friends when you got better and he's like why would he make plans if if he was thinking about killing himself the agents are like clocking Devin Alan Allie has disappeared back behind the tree yeah and we now cut to him walking home and it's suddenly daytime now. Um, also, like, I don't know how small or big this town is. It seems like they all live in, like, one very t- 
tiny little commune. They're like in a cul-de-sac. Literally. So uh, that also, but also one that takes all night to walk to each other's houses. They're simultaneously very close together and a night's walk away. So uh, he walks up. We see that he's going to Allie's house. So he walks up Allie's driveway. Does she live in a tree house? No, she does not live in a tree house, but regular house, but she appears to live alone. And she's also like welding. Like she's like a artistic welder. Of some kind. This feels like a Mad Libs. (laughs) Yeah. And she's got a German Shepherd. And she's like... Or he asks her, he's like, why were you at Todd's? And she's like, I'm smart enough to know that the FBI doesn't investigate teen suicides. And they still don't know what caused the crash. So she's like, something, something's fishy. That's not... That doesn't answer the question, though. How would she know to go to Todd's house and... That the FBI agents were... That doesn't explain why she was there. Take it up with the brunette, honey. This was her answer. So, he, uh, she's like, we look suspicious. Then, she shows him some sculpture. And, honey, I was going to write down what she said, her explanation of the sculpture, which she says is Devin. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it was too over my head. Maybe she's too advanced. Her conceptual art is too advanced for me because I didn't understand what she was talking about. So I just wrote blah, 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 something about a sculpture. But she made a sculpture of Devin. Devin. Yeah. And then she starts being like, we, you know, we haven't spoken 10 words to each other in four years of high school, but I felt you like on the plane like you were freaking out and i felt what you were feeling i didn't see what you saw but i felt what you were feeling and that's why i got off the plane and i can still feel something with you and devin is like i just wish i could see todd one last time question four what do you do what do they do they go break into the morgue to see todd one last time I am I her or am I him or is it a them. joint activity? Them. Joint activity. Uh, we kiss. Uh, point for them. Zero points for you. Okay. Give yourself a ding. Okay. Uh, put it back in your pants. Stop trying to make everybody bank out. Uh, this is serious business here. <laughs> leave leave your penthouse for later. <laughs> I was trying to. I was, I'm trying to survive this movie. Sure. Seems like befriending the creepy girl that just. You're not trying to befriend her. the creepy girl. You're trying to bone the creepy girl. Uh, is that how you befriend people, husband? Oh, mine. You just go around kissing people, and you're like, I'm just trying to befriend her. If I'm in a movie where people are dying, and there's a creepy stalker chick who lives in a tree who just. Like made a statue of me. Yeah, I'm probably gonna play nice. I'm probably gonna be like, hey, I, you know, I'm you know, there's a way. You know, there's a way to play nice that doesn't involve kissing people. You know what, motherfucker? I am the fucking creepy girl that lives in a tree that makes sculptures of you. Okay, and I kiss you. That's true. <laughs> All right, so cut to them breaking into the funeral home slash morgue situation. Uh, They climb through the roof and they're climbing down and they step into a coffin, foreshadowing, and she's like, it really gives me a rush. And he's like, what, dead people? And she's like, no, doing something I'm not supposed to. And then they pick the lock to the actual, like, 
embalming place, like the morgue part, you know? Who does the picking? You say they, but like who's actually picking? I only see hands. So I think maybe her. I think it was her. Yeah. Um, That checks out. Yeah. She's a welder. And she's weird. And she's weird. Yeah. So they go in. Fucking Todd is laying there dead on the fucking table. Like he's there. Um, and they like are walking up to him. You say and... that like you're surprised. <laughs> well, it's just What's like the premise of the visit. I guess I'm surprised if he wasn't there. I guess I'm surprised that like they just like leave bodies alone, like not like just like kind of out. I don't know. I thought they'd be in like a special case or something. I don't know. <laughs> Tupperware or something. Yeah, I just didn't expect to see them out without like somebody else around. So he's laying on the table and then his arm moves and they're like, ah! And they scream. And then Tony Todd comes out from the shadows. Fucking Katie Man? Yes, sir. Bob. Wait, what? what? Yes, sir. Todd. I mean, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and he's like, please, you'll wake the dead. And he like has giant shears with him. Is he they, dressed like an orderly or is No, he he's like... dressed as the mortician. Yes. Yeah. But basically, like, his direction, like, their direction for him was, like, be creepy. Be ominous. That was, that was his note. And so they're like, you know, why... He doesn't appear to be upset the two teenagers broke in in the middle of the night. And they say, why did his hand move? And he says, the chemicals in the vascular flesh create cadaveric spasms. Oh, let's postmortem that. Can you write that down? Good thing I brought a notebook. Yeah. So he's like, I know who you are. And, you know, he's just being creepy. Because he saw them in the paper together. Oh, yeah. I guess he saw them in the paper. He's like looking at his hands or something. And he, and Tony Todd says, cuticle lacerations from pulling at the wire. And Devin is like, so it wasn't an accident then. This fucking kid's Columbo. It, right? And Tony Todd says, in death, there are no accidents. And he says, life is all just a mouse that a cat has by the tail. All part of death's sadistic design leading to the grave. It's pretty good, huh? Very good. Add it to the voice reel for episode 300 for sure. Thank you. And Devin says, so if you figure out the design, you can cheat death. And Tony Todd says, you already did that by walking off that plane. Your friend's death proves it'll come for you. But trying to cheat could piss off the Grim Reaper. And then, poor Tony, he had to say this, the following line. He's sitting there reading a script in his lovely home, just minding his own business, drinking a cup of coffee, going, okay, what are my lines for my one day on set, turns the page and sees that his final line is the following. Trying to cheat could piss off the Grim Reaper. And you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. (sighs) We should all send Tony Todd flowers. Oh, my God. Our condolences. Can you believe he had to say that? I'm so upset. <laughs> he had to fucking say that. Like, and that was it. Then Tony Todd out. Like, now, that was. Now, we are. I think this has been 
uh, publicized. And if it hasn't, we'll definitely cut it. But our friend is writing a reboot of Final Destination. Mm-hmm. And I guess we will f- we'll research whether or not we can talk about this or not. But I think we definitely need to make sure that he puts that phrase in his script. In his script? Okay. Be, we'll we'll make we'll make sure. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, sorry to bother you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> cool, um, cool, cool, cool. See you later. Um, so now we cut to the next day and Allie Clear and uh, Clear and Alex. <laughs> So it was about to sound like there were four people sitting there. It's just two. It's Devin and Allie Larder are sitting at a coffee table. And they're just like going around in circles about like cheating death. Is this real? Blah, blah, blah. And Devin is like, how do we know that just by that, that just by sipping this coffee that we haven't set something into motion, you know, right. Basically that. And he's like, unless we pay attention to the signs, he then slides her the piece of paper that said Todd on it. And she doesn't buy it. Like, she's not on board. And I was like, you were super on board, like, up to the point that he gave you literal proof. Now you're not on board anymore. She could could feel him. Yeah. And now he's like, like, you saved my life. Yeah. And now I've got more evidence stuff, and, and you're the one person who would accept it and then she's like eh, and then she's know. like never mind yeah so fickle uh devin then sees a reflection of a bus driving by in the window but there is no bus okay well, they're at a coffee table are they in a house or a coffee shop coffee shop outside did you say that i apologize if i missed that who who can know? Uh, but now you've heard it. So okay. they're sitting outside of a coffee shop at a two-top, and he sees a bus drive by in the reflection of the window, but there is no bus. So he's like, what if we were all supposed to die by design of death, but because I saw death's plan, I messed it up? What if it was our time? And Allie is like, then it's not finished and we'll die. And Devin says, unless we find the pattern and cheat again. Dun, dun, dun. Cut to. But, but, but you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. I guess, she, I guess they do, in fact, want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. Because now Clear is like kind of back on board again. So cut to Carter and Terry driving down the road in obviously a convertible and his... Music is blasting obnoxiously loudly. He sees Devin and Allie Larder sitting at this coffee table. And he drives past them. Cut. uh, Question five. You just saw them sitting at a coffee table that you drove past. What do you do? What do they do? Karen, Terry. Uh, I think I pull up to give them some shit to to further air my grievances. I, I, I whip around... Eric does? Uh, if I'm them. So this is for them. So okay. I care. Mm-hmm. I'm old care bearer. Yeah, I think I got to give him a piece of my mind. I'm not quite done telling him that I think he's a weird piece of shit. Okay. Whatever. What does Eric do? What do I do? I go on about my damn life 
I got I got a convertible. I got loud music. I got a hot girlfriend. Uh, that's that's all I can handle, frankly. My place sure. is considered full at that point. Sure. Last I w- thing I need is is a witch guy uh, telling people when they're going to die. So, uh, I I hope that wasn't you disparaging witches. No, I'm just saying I do, I couldn't. Well, in my, in my perfect scenario, my hot girlfriend is a witch. So oh, okay, got I it. Can't have I don't want any more witches. What if your? How about your hot wife? What about her being a witch? Is well, that cool? Is we, that a good scenario for obviously you? Obviously, no. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, you get so they flip around and, and you mind your own business. Yes. Double ding, my love. Double ding, my first double ding. Yeah. First and maybe only, but I'm going to savor it. So he flips a Yui, turns around to go give some shit to Devin. So he was just saying, like, we got to cheat death's design. What do you think? And Allie's like, after hearing you, I do believe that Todd killed himself. Like, somehow more evidence has made her less believing more evidence has made her more skeptical well she's she seems like an odd duck and it's it's she's the living embodiment of the phrase if someone didn't reason themselves into something you can't reason them out of yeah it. so like she's a wild card there's no reasoning her in or out of anything i don't hope i don't get a lot of clear questions because right. I, I i would have no map because they're unclear <laughs> so Care then has flipped his U-turn, and as he does that, Stifler is on a bike, and he, like, almost runs Stifler over. And Stifler's like, hey, man! And uh, the teacher also is there and comes out of the coffee shop. Okay, I'm, I'm, so- I'm calling bullshit on this movie. Stifler just got his license. He ain't fucking around on no bike. Unless he immediately got into a car accident. And wreck, wrecked his car. Yeah, I suppose. But I like, have some. I have some experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> I I pretty quickly wrecked my car after getting my driver's license. So it just you know, seemed like, it seemed like a weird. De- we know one. Th- we know two things about Stifler. He likes sandwiches, and he just got his license. And here he is on a bike with no sandwich. I I think this movie needs to make up its mind. Yeah. So. So, okay, so here, here's the crowd that's gathered, all right? Teachers coming out. Of the coffee shop, okay. all right? So we have, we have Terry and Carter. We have Stifler, who almost just got run over on his bike. We have Clear and Alex. And now we have Mrs. Luton, all right? And they're all kind of congregated on this corner coffee shop street now. Flight 180 reunion. Pretty much. And Care goes to beat up Alex, Okay. Question six. You are Terry, Kara's girlfriend. What do you do? What does she do? What do I do? I think she goes and like, hey, man, leave him alone. Like, you don't got to do this. We were having a nice time. Like, tries to talk him out of it. Tries to interfere with the ass kicking. Okay. Okay. I think I take another similar approach where I go, if you don't get back in this car right now, date over. So she like tries to bully him into knocking this shit off. So you're, you basically, you are two different approaches. Okay. I need to ask a follow up question. So you are going to 
because you can't see what I see, you're either going to stay in the car or get back into the car. Okay. Well, now I feel like I want to change my my answer. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just no, trying to give you a visual. Giving you the honest mm-hmm. one I had in mind. My version is I'm staying in the car going, listen, asshole, back in the car. Okay. I'm predicting she gets out and physically tries to intervene in the fight. Based on the follow-up question, I'm guessing this is zero points. No. Uh, I was going to give you one and a half points, actually. I don't think... Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with intervening. She does intervene. But the reason you only got a half point is because she does one further. And she says, fuck you. I'm not going to let this plane crash be the most important thing in my life. If you want to just spend your time beating the shit out of Alex, then fuck you and you can just drop dead. And she walks away. Hit by a bus. (laughs) So... so what? explain my one and a half points then, because it sounds like I should be getting zero. <laughs> because she does, like, you get a point because if you stayed, stayed in, in the car. The car. Okay. Yeah, because that's like, I, I know where the car is and where the bus was bus. coming from, and you would not have been hit. Okay. You got a half point for her because she does, in fact, intervene, but it's not in the way that, like, she would have stayed put. She intervenes by being like, and fuck you, I'm leaving. Okay. Right. Okay. No, I'm with it. Hit by a bus. Everyone is splattered in blood. Oof. Cut to Alex drinking an Alka-Seltzer. Remember Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> yes, but I'm a thousand. Well, but okay. But in two, here's what's weird. In 2000, this was in 2000. And I remember my dear friend, Sarah, uh, Sarah was always popping Alka-Seltzers into her water. And it's because she was always nauseous or anxious so, or so it's whatever. Like an ulcer thing, a stomach thing, right? Yeah, like settles your stomach, I guess. But like, I, I just didn't know that that was, that was for, like a thing. The the one I, only Alka-Seltzer I ever took was, had like cold medicine in it. Like it okay. was like fizzy for cold symptoms. Okay, Sarah, the- yeah, Sarah would always take it like after we'd been drinking the night before. And she would take an Alka-Seltzer. So I just thought it was weird because he plops an Alka-Seltzer and then we cut to clear and she's also drinking what appears to be an Alka-Seltzer. So this whole movie was just one big ad for Alka-Seltzer, I guess. So it's um, to us that they're upset to their stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Okay. And she's calling Alex on the phone and... uh we see that like Alex's dad picks up and is like, let me see if he's available. And Alex is just like laying on the couch and like, oh, they're not together. They're mm-mm. separate. They're not separate. having an Alka-Seltzer date. They no, are. They're having kindred spirits. Yeah. They're just like looking at the same moon, <laughs> drinking their Alka-Seltzer <laughs> somewhere out there. <laughs> so, um, basically, Alex is like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And so dad says he's in the shower and then she takes out her penthouse and whacks it. I'm just kidding. She doesn't. Um, (laughs) That was just, I was just very progressive. You were just projecting, projecting about me thinking about Devin, Devin saw on the shower. Um, I was a, 
Devin Shower in the Sawa. <laughs> Devin Shower is his name yeah. for the rest of the <laughs> Devin Shower. Um, I would think she would be freaked out that he's gone in there to fucking hang himself. I'm surprised that the shower put her off, that it wasn't, I'll I guess, be right there. I'm coming now because he's clearly going to hang himself. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I, yeah. So he, you are wrong. Yeah, no, you are wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, dad is like, why won't you talk to her or me for that matter? And he says, you and mom have been a big help, but I need to understand something before I can talk. Okay. The news then says, I mean, this is similar. This isn't a joke. This does appear to be similar to 9-11 in that this is like all that's being played on the news sure, sure, sure. in this in this small town. Um, and so it's they say we act. So now we know what caused the plane to crash. Oh, and we was get mom taking the tag off. It was mom crash. taking the tag off. Yeah. And we see that, like, there was an electrical shortage that started at the back of the plane and traveled to the front of it. And they have like a graphic, you know, and we see that it's like explosion, 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 explosion. Okay. We now cut to Alex who has taken that graphic and lined it up with what, honey? This isn't a book. Yes. Give yourself a ding. Uh, Is that a bonus point? No, but you got a ding. So, <laughs> so he cut to Alex mapping it on the seats, and we see that it was Todd first. Oh. Then Terry. Then Mrs. Luton. Okay. Question seven. What do you do? What does he do? Uh, I... Remember, here's what I, because I know your brain, okay. uh, your goal is to stay alive. So I think I, as Eric, I call Mrs. Luton on the phone and say like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but like, don't go out. Don't do anything. Like, I, I, what can I fucking tell her? Like, I think you're next. Like, I, I point is, I'm not going to be near Mrs. Gluten when it happens. Mrs. Gluten. Oh, Mrs. Gluten. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does so, he do? So I, so I'm going to call her and say something. I'll figure it out. Uh, I'll, inspiration will hit. He's going to race over to her house, bang on the door, demand to be let in. And get there just in time to just narrowly be killed himself or to get there to discover her body. Darling love of my life, give yourself another double ding. Congratulations. All right. So I I got to say your hint helped. I knew it would because I knew that you were going to start trying to solve a puzzle and kind of forget your goal. So, um, Cut to Mrs. Luton on the phone in her house talking about how every everything reminds her of that day. And uh, now... Does she give any examples? Does she, like... She's lived there all her life. Like, just... No. She had a tra- traumatic experience and 
she's sad about it. Um, and now she's seeing that Terry also died. And so she's like, she's just really freaked out. And she's like, I'm hoping a change will help. So we see that she's like packing, like she's moving out of town. And, uh, she looks out the window and she sees motherfucking Alex standing there like a goddamn stalker with a fucking boombox over his head playing in your eyes by Peter Gabriel. He may as well be. So she sees him like fucking stalking her. Basically question eight. What do you do? What does Mrs. Luton do? Uh, I call the police and say the weird witch boy from the airplane is, is outside. Please come scoop him up. Okay. Mrs. Gluten uh, opens the door and is like, Alex, get in here. You're going to catch your death without realizing how ironic that is to say and try to figure out what he's doing there. Zero points. Oh, shit. Okay. She calls the cops. Well, good for her. And so she does what you said you were going to do. And she hangs up or... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. She hangs up with her friend and calls Agent Shrek. That's that's what she did. So she calls the FBI agents. And we now cut to Alex sneaking around her car, like punching the tires, like looking for anything that might kill her, basically. And I'm like, the amount of things that could kill someone, like you're not going to... You couldn't check. You're, it's never, like, yeah. That's an exhaustive list that you'll never get through. Yeah, the list is literally infinity, and then also you've still forgotten things. <laughs> like, there's no way. So, the agents pull up, and they're like, what you doing, creep? And he's like, I'm just checking the air in the tires to make sure they're safe. Checking to make sure there's no banana in the tailpipe. Basically, yeah. And then he goes to check the tailpipe for bananas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and they're like, get in the car. So they like take him away and they push him around. I'm like, he is a minor, sir. Actually, maybe he's 18. He's a senior. So beat the shit out of him. What do I care? He's also a terrorist. Right. He's a terrorist. Yeah. And Um, a witch. And a witch. Um, so they're like, put on your seatbelt. I don't know why I felt the need to write that. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, so they tell him to get in the car. They don't physically put him in the car. They no, just, they like, tell him to get in the car and they physically put oh. him in the car. Seems uh, like one of those is not necessary. Yeah. So neither is me writing that they told him to put on his seatbelt. <laughs> so Mrs. Luton is looking out the window again and, uh, she walks away from the window cause she sees that he's been, you know, picked up. She looks back and the curtain blows mysteriously, even though the window is closed. Mm-mm. Cut to Alex telling Fucking the agent, owl. right. Cut to Alex thinking, uh, cut to Alex telling the agents that he thinks Mrs. Luton is next. And he's like, because there's a pattern. So like now he just sounds like a cuckoo bird cut to Mrs. Luton. She's in the closet like looking for something in the boxes she's packed. Not metaphorically in the clock. I got you. Correct. And she says to herself loudly, mom's favorite at full voice. And we see it's a John Denver record. 
So she puts the record on. Is she referring to herself as mom or is this? No, she's referring her mom's favorite. She's referring to the record she just found, which is John Denver. And she says mom's favorite and saying mom's favorite. Correct. Right. Is gluten. Okay. So she puts on the, the important part is that she put on a John Denver record. The same one that was playing in the bathroom at the airport. Yes. So now we cut to the agents mocking Devin for his patterns um and he's like i never asked for this and he's like you can make fun of me but i saved six lives and he's like i don't have ptsd i don't i'm not some narcissistic i don't have some narcissistic deity complex i'm not going Dahmer," which i was like that's insensitive um this just is there is a pattern for us all and he says i don't know how but i'm gonna break this one I'm going to go ahead and say, if you have to tell people you're not a narcissistic deity, you probably have a narcissistic deity complex. I have to tell people that all the time. So what are you saying? Uh, case in point. Uh, <laughs> the persecution rests you So now we cut to Mrs. Luton. All right. Shut up for a second and listen. Cut up to Miss, cut, cut to Mrs. Luton. She's filling a kettle. Okay? So I want you to just like picture the kitchen, picture what I'm painting for you. She polishes the kettle. I don't know why. And were we supposed to do that before we make tea? She polishes the kettle. She kind of sees a shadow in the kettle. Okay? She looks behind her. Nothing is there. She then walks over to the stove to place the kettle onto the stove She was holding the kettle with a tea towel around the handle. She then takes the tea towel and throws it over the knife block, which is a strange thing to do. Uh, She then turns the burner on. It lights. Then it goes out. So she takes a match, a long match, and she holds it to the burner. Nothing. Then it lights safely and as it should. Cut to the agents again. And they're like, listen, I know you didn't blow up the plane, but then the other survivors start dying and like, it looks bad, bro. Like, what what the fuck? Um, And they're like, nobody is in control of death unless they're the ones taking the life. So like, what's your deal? And... They're like, unless you can you promise me that no one else will die? And Devin says, no, I can't. As long as I'm in here, I can't promise that. And so they're like, okay, fine, leave. So he leaves. Goodbye. He leaves. And Shrek says, I almost believed him. So they're sort of starting to find him creepy, too. They want to see where he's going, maybe. Maybe. He's not off their radar. Right. But he didn't explicitly say if they let him go, then no more people would die. He just said, if I'm here, I can't promise you no one else dies. Right. Okay. So now we cut to the kettle whistling. Okay. She pours herself some tea. She goes to drink it. Appears to see something in the mug and so throws the water, dumps it out. Ah! Now, I had to rewind it because I said, was I looking down? Was there like a cockroach or something in her cup? Because I didn't see what, why she would throw it? No. The shot is she pours the tea 
Next shot is her throwing it. So, like, I think she's just losing her mind, I guess. But it was definitely weird and unclear. So, now, she puts the Abraham High School mug back down on the counter. She walks over to the refrigerator, gets ice and vodka. She puts the ice and the vodka into the mug. We see what happens when you put something cold into something that was just hot. It could crack. Yes. The mug cracks. So she's now walking around the house, and the mug is leaking what? Vodka. Yes. Or, she, and or blue water. And or blue water. water. Yeah, vodka. Um, she goes over to her computer, and she leans over her computer to turn it on. Because remember, you had like the Reach button the in the back. And what drips into the computer? Vodka. Yes. So it sparks. She has her back to it. So it sparks. She turns back because she's also packing and stuff too. Turns back. The computer is smoking. Okay. Question nine. What do you do? What does she do? Uh, what does she do? She panics and throws her vodka at the computer to douse whatever fire is happening. Okay. That's what she does. Okay. What I do, I go around and unplug the computer from the wall. Give yourself a ding. Uh, she's slightly less stupid than you gave her credit for, but not by much. (laughs) What she does is she looks down over the smoking part of the computer like, looks closer at it, gets her face closer to the potential explosion, which it does, in fact, explode. Okay. And glass, the glass monitor, shards shooting everywhere. One shoots directly into her neck. So now she's holding it, and she's like, <laughs> but slips on the vodka because it was dripping everywhere. So now, yeah, so she, oh, this is like a tr- the the what did a Rube Goldberg? Yeah, this is like this puts the previous Rube Goldberg to shame. Okay, <laughs> so Rube Goldberg is here. So she's got a shard in her neck, and then also slips on the vodka. Okay, and then a bowling ball falls off the bookcase. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut to Devin walking home. Again, because every, everything is just in one small cul-de-sac. They just drop him off wherever he was? They didn't even drop him off. They said, get out of here. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, they just stopped the car wherever they No, he, they were at the station. Oh, they drove him to the station. They drove him all the way to the station. Okay. And then they were like, just get out. So he's walking home, and he walks by a guy who's, like, burning stuff in, like, a bonfire or whatever. And he, like, has some, like, he's like, Ugh! And so he runs back. To Mrs. Luton's house. What, explain the bonfire thing. What he, it's not necessary. Okay. Just go with it. Right. So back to Mrs. Luton. She's walking around now, hobbling around, holding her neck that's bleeding everywhere. The computer explodes again and more, which then ignites the trail of vodka that she had left. So now we have a line of vodka going from the computer to the stove. Where it began leaking, okay? Uh, And it goes all the way up 
and explodes the vodka bottle as well. And the stove also explodes. All right. So now she slips on her own blood after the explosion. And she's laying on the ground at the foot of the counter. And she's bleeding from the neck. Right? <laughs> I know where this is going. I bet you I know where this is going. Question 10. What does she do? What do you do? She reaches up for the fucking dish towel that's over the knife block to stop herself from bleeding and pulls an entire block of knives into her face. And what do you do? I <laughs> don't do don't that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, what the fuck would I do? I'm laying there. Yeah, I guess really think about it. So it's like I'm laying there in my own blood and the house is on fire. And which is weird because my go to move in most horror movies when I watch is set the building on fire and pray for the best and hope the fire truck gets there in time. That's a so, terrible strategy. I, I, you'd be surprised how many movies it's actually the move that would have helped you. All right. Well, not this one. So Yeah, not this one. So the house already on fire, so I feel like my work is done. Um, laying there, bleeding, shards in the neck, vodka-soaked slippers, laying in my own blood. Uh, I probably try to turn onto all fours and crawl thinking I would be less slippy if I've got a lower center of gravity and and that and, and try to crawl out the door. That would be my move. This is your third double ding, sir. Woo! Congratulations. So dumb. She's so like, she... Knives, knives, knives. Reaches for the knives. That's not even the end of it. Reaches, <laughs> reaches for the tea towel. The knife block falls. Stabs her directly into the chest. Oh, okay. Uh, now, this is gluten. Stab forever does not apply to yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she's stabbed directly in the chest. Devin then runs in. He finds her. He goes to like go to her, but the stove explodes again. Fucking sharp does a knife have to be to fall from a foot and a half above you on a counter and go through your ribs into like what is happening? Well it's a sentient knife, like the water. <laughs> so the so it explodes again, which makes a chair fall over, like tip over directly onto the knife, which Pushes it further into her. <laughs> so she, like, might have been okay, honestly. If, like, it had just... Yeah, but, like, the chair was like, nope, bitch, you're out. And, like, knocks the knife in harder. <laughs> and, uh, we're laughing, but, like, as you're watching it, does it seem fucking absurd or is it, like, scary? I, I wasn't scared. Right. It was absurd. Did it seem clever and cool or just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? It seemed clever in that you know that there is something sentient doing this. Right. You know? So, like, it feels kind of creative. It, mm. it feels like Rube Goldberg. Right. Where you're like what a comedy of errors that has actually been set up in this way, I, I would say. But it's still ridiculous. You're still supposed to be like, what the fuck is right. supposed to be a reaction? So, so chair taps the knife. Yes. So question 11, what do you do? What does Devin do? So Devin walks in just as the chair happens? 
No, he walks in, then the explosion happens, and he sees the chair put the knife right, in yeah. further. But, and yeah. does the explosion affect him at all, or is he far enough away? He's, 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 not, like he's knocked back, but okay. like he can get up. Well, I'll tell you what I'm not doing is grabbing the knife by the handle to try and pull it out of her because I do not want my fingerprints on a murder weapon. So that's, okay. So I think if I'm me. You are. That's, that's what we've been doing. I turn around and run the fuck out of there. Bye, Mrs. Gluten. I was clearly not able to save this one, but if I, if I get a move on, I might be able to save, save Stifler. So I just get the fuck out. I think he runs over. And tries to disassemble the Rube Goldberg contraption and, and tries to, to save her. Uh, tries to pull the knife out, probably foolishly gives her CPR, which causes the blood to splurt out of her stab wound like <laughs> drop. Like I don't know what he's doing. But. Let me ask you to elaborate. On him? No, on you. Okay. Getting the fuck out. I turn... Uh, where, however, I came in, I walk mm-hmm. in that direction, and I don't let the door hit me where the good Lord split me. Uh, one point, and that's for that. That is for Devin pulling. He goes, goes he and pulls the knife out. Pulls the knife out. Okay. Yeah. So you think me splitting out of there is not going to save? The reason I asked is because, and I'll tell you why. That's why okay. I asked, like, where do you go? And you specifically said you go out the way you came in. So is that no um, longer an option because of explosions? No, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. So he pulls the knife out, then realizes, oh, I just put my fingerprints on this. And so he runs out the way he came. With a knife in his hand. No, he drops the knife. He drops the knife, but he did, in fact, leave a footprint in her blood. And he runs out the way he came in. Get down on the ground and spell his name out in her blood. Exactly. fingerprints. Exactly. So he runs out. Because he ran out the front door, Stifler is there on his bike. Again. The guy has his license. And he sees Alex run out of Mrs. Luton's burning house just as it explodes completely and Devin runs off. So that's why I asked if you had gone out the back Back or or something something. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But had I gone out. I'm going to do the thing where I argue for the point, but only. Oh, my God. I love this. It's great. Favorite thing. If I had gone out immediately, as opposed to going over, pulling out the knife, taking a second to go, holy fuck, I just touched a knife, drop the knife, then leave, might I have missed Stifler? No. No? No. Because he's just camped out there, peeping the house? Yeah. He's just, like, doing wheelies right in front of her house? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Cut to Allie being questioned by the agents. And she's like, I haven't talked to him uh I don't know where he is. Where is she at the station or there? No, house? they've pulled up to her house or whatever. And he, she's like, I don't, I haven't talked to him. He won't talk to me. Um, cut to care Carter, almost running Stifler over again, again. So fool me once. <laughs> yeah. So what has happened is they are, we see that Carter and Stifler are congregating at the memorial, the 
eagle okay. thing. Uh, Care walks over and whips out a switchblade, heart, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and starts trying to like carve something into the statue. And Stifler's like, what are you doing? And he's like, Terry's name should be on this because she's dead now. Allie then walks up and Care's like, why did you ask us to meet here? And she's like, I need you to take me to Alex because he knows who of us is next. So I was going to ask that question beyond Mrs. Gluten. Did we see no the next? Okay. No, we did not. So Stifler is like, make sure you drive the speed limit care. Um, blah, blah, blah. Cut to alley. Getting dropped off by Stifler and Care at the the site of the accident. So basically, the plane went down over a body of water of some kind. I don't know where we are. I guess we're close to New York City, though, because they were going to go see a Yankees game. game. Um, And she gets out and she tells Stifler and Care, she's like, I'm going to look for him here. He's either here or somewhere a half a mile down. So, like, what I'm guessing is that she knew that he was going to kind of go to, like, the beach looking out over the accident site. I'm I'm making it more clear to you than it was to me. That okay. that's all I'm going to say. So, uh Allie finds him on the beach and he's just sitting on the beach like looking out into the sky being sad. And he's like, "Do you think there's somewhere still up there safe?" like kind of talking about Doctor Strange and the multiverse sort of thing like somewhere are they still safe. And she's like, when I was six or seven, I used to worry about my parents dying. And he's like, I guess most kids probably do. And she says, but most kids don't have it actually happen. So So that's why she's an orphan. She lives in a mm -hmm. house by herself. In a work, live, artist space. Yeah. Where she's a welder. Yeah. So, uh... She's like, she tells a story about how her dad got held up at a 7-Eleven buying cigarettes and was shot in the head. Mom couldn't deal. Mm. So she married an asshole who didn't want a kid. And so now her mom didn't either. And I guess left her in the house. So like her mom's still alive, just like not being a mom and she was like was that part of the design and she's like i think about that place where my dad has a full pack of cigarettes and we're all together and our friends are still in the sky so that's her whole little thing i don't think i i don't think i like ali larder as an actor i find her i find her i find her irritating but like i don't really have a reason why i just don't I found myself like anytime she had like a speech of some kind, just being like, and just not, yeah. Just so maybe not. that's on me. Did you like her in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Do you even remember her? I don't that? recall. She was one of the like jewel thieves. Oh, it was probably her, not. Eliza Dushku, Kevin Smith's wife, and I forget who the fourth one was. I don't know. I don't... Oh, it was uh, Shannon Elizabeth was the fourth one. Sure. Sort of a who's who. I don't remember her being in it, so clearly she didn't annoy me that much. But she irritates me. So, <laughs> cut to cut to the four of them now in the car. Okay, so we have Allie, Devin, Stifler, and Care in the car, and 
basically they're like, we need to get you out of here. Is convertible. Yeah. And they're like, we need to get you out of here. The agent, the FBI is looking for you. Like they've been asking us where you are, blah, blah, blah. And get him out of here. How? Give me a second. So Stifler is like, I think they're going to outrun the FBI. That's my question. So they're like, Stifler's like, you know, you're an idiot. They're going to know that you were there because like somehow he knows that the fire caramelized his blood into his footprint. I was like, didn't this just fucking happen? But whatever. Footprints, fingerprints, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Can we post more of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, caramelizing footprints. Yeah. Feel free. And Allie says, we'll hide out in my dad's old cabin since they're looking for you. Okay. So care is like, so that's where they're going to put Devin. Presumably. This is a half-baked scheme because there's only four of them. Mm-hmm. They would be able to trace the dad's cabin back to Ali Larder. You're correct. So I feel like if I'm the FBI and I got a kid I'm trying to locate, I've got a short list of places and this is middle of the first chunk of the list. I don't yeah. think it would take them that long to find him. I would agree. They do they do they think the FBI is just those two guys? Mm-hmm. With no resources and no... Yeah, they they think that going to her dad's cabin is going to be sufficient to outrun the FBI. This is literally the the little kids trying to hide where they figure if they cover their eyes and they can't see you, you can't Mm -hmm. see them. Or like a disguise of like four kids in a trench coat. (laughs) Yeah. This is is half-baked at best. So, Care's like, did you know that Miss Luton was going to be next? He doesn't... He says yes. He's like, I did know that she was going to be next. Care then asks, okay, who's after her? Question 12, do you tell them? Does he tell them? Uh, Yes to both. He tells them and he tells them how he knows. He's like, the the fire on the plane happened in this order and this is the seating chart. And bada boom, bada bing, this is how I know. And it's been true so far. And I do the same thing hand in hand. Devin and I, Devin and I in the shower, hand in hand, telling everybody who's going to die. My dream. Um, One point for you telling them. Devin does not tell them. Uh, Stifler's like, please tell me I get to see the Jets win the Super Bowl. Poor Sean William Scott. Like, he's got like 12 lines in this movie, I would say. And all of them are that are just like the comedic relief in a wildly unfunny movie. Like it's, it's rough. So he's like, I knew I should have felt up Tammy in the pool that time. Those are all his fucking lines, bro. Like all of them. So they're like, tell us. And Devin is like, you think it'll be easier knowing he's like, it doesn't matter who's next. We're all on the same list. And Kara's like, well, fuck it. Why bother then? And he starts, like, driving like a crazy person. He's like, me and Terry will be together on the other side. And so he's, like, speeding. He starts driving like a complete fucking asshole. He's trying to Velma and Louise this thing. Yes. And he's like, I might as well go out on my own free will. And I'm like, and kill three other people. I think I Um, said Velma and Louise. You did say Velma and Louise. I just realized that. We're going to Velma and Daphne this shit. Long live gay Velma. Uh, Dev looks 
down. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so Tara's driving like a crazy person, all right? Devin looks down, and his seatbelt is ripped in half. And he's like, what? He looks up. He looks back down. It's not ripped in half, okay? So Stifler is freaking out. And as he's about to die, he says, I fucking hated French class. Like, poor Sean William Scott. Like, I just hope that he's living in, like, a mansion that he bought with these terrible lines that he had to say all through the early 2000s. So, Allie tries to say he's in control. I don't know what that means. Skip it. Care takes his hands off the wheel. And, like, he's about to T-bone a truck. Like, it's, it's bad. And they narrowly miss it. And Devin then sees a railroad sign in the rearview mirror, but there is no railroad. Okay? Uh, Carter then keeps driving, but comes to a stop on what? Railroad tracks. Railroad tracks. And they're like, move, Carter, like, go, like, go. And obviously a train is coming. They hear the ding, ding, ding. And they can't get the doors open, right? Obviously. Convertible, though, right? Yes? Uh, It's closed. Okay. So um, trying to, maybe it wasn't a convertible, now that I'm thinking about it. It maybe wasn't a convertible, but it doesn't matter. So. Doors are locked. They can't get them open. Then they do. So, like, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Carter stays in the car because he's like, I'm out. Peace, motherfuckers. Trying to be with Terry. Yeah. Question 13. What do you do? What does Devin do? I run clear of the car. Maybe tackle Stifler and Allie to the ground keep them from going back to try and save Carter, which Mm -hmm. is what I think Devin does is he goes and tries to pull him out of the car, but is ultimately unsuccessful. Double ding. Woo. They keep screaming for him to get out. And then Carter kind of comes to like, it's almost like, As the train gets closer, Carter has that thing that they say happens when people try to kill themselves where they're like, I didn't mean to jump. Like it, that kind of thing. Bridge kind of thing. You get some adrenaline and your fight or flight kicks in. Suddenly you want to live. So he's like, fuck, I want to live now. Car won't start. So he's look, he's looking and he's like, shit. Um, And he's trying to get out. The door won't open. The belt won't unbuckle. It's stuck. Devin sees this, goes over, and is trying to pull him out through the window. A split, a split of a split second before the train hits, Devin manages to get him out. Uh, And basically what he says is he's like, I knew the seatbelt would tear. Okay, well, I got to tell on myself now, because I think I said he was ultimately unsuccessful in pulling. You did say that, but so I, I but you tried point. No, you tried to pull okay. him out. The, the outcome of it isn't up to you. The it's effort, what you, the, the effort. effort. Okay, yeah. So that's why I said to you before, I was like, it's important that you remember you are trying to stay alive, not guess the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why we do both. Cause I yeah. felt 
Yeah. So I mean, you, mine was you made the it. yeah you made the effort regardless of whether or not it worked. That's what Devin did. He tried to get him out. Okay. So the train is coming. All right. Oh no, sorry. The the train has gone right. But obviously, it's a long it's a long train. Um, so the car has been demolished, and there's like shards of metal on on the tracks and all this kind of stuff. Allie, Devin, and Carter are like on the ground, like kind of trying to keep Carter from I don't know, like they're just all on the ground. Stifler is standing up, and he's like, "Get away from him! Like he's next." Question fourteen: What do you do? What does Stifler do? Stifler says get away from carter he yeah because basically like stifler's an idiot so he's like death is contagious or whatever the fuck he thinks like he's you know so what does stifler do what do you do if i'm stifler and i think he's next i run in the opposite direction bye bitches i'm out okay just run i just forest gump it out of there forest gump it out all right that's you what does he do i go look for my bike what does he do he goes and tries to pull the others off of Carter. Like, One point for you. Okay. Stifler just stands there yelling at them to get away from him. And a piece of metal that was on the tracks decapitates him. Oh, man. Just. Wow. That was an interesting sound effect that I chose for decapitating. I don't know. Is that good or not? I think it was great. Very, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I've never heard it, Evocative. but like that feels, yeah. So and then does he trip on some corn cobs and then. And a banana peel. And then an airplane carrying forks is flying overhead and drops a bunch of forks on him. You told me you haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's just decapped. That'll do it. Um, and Devin is now going like full Charlie Kelly here. And he's like, see, I saw it. I saw that the seatbelt was going to rip. Like, he's not even like acknowledging that he just saw his friend get decapped because he's just like, Bleh. everyone's just going cuckoo. At any point, um, does Devin realize he saw the bus before the bus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's like, I saw it. I saw the seatbelt rip. That's how I knew that I'd be able to pull him out. And then it skipped him and moved on to Stifler. So now we know that, he like... can interrupt the design. Yes. Yes. So he's like, I can see it. I can see the design. So now he's learning that it, he can make, make the design skip over a person. Well, wouldn't he, though, know that the design was alterable by the fact that the seven of them survived the fucking plane crash in the first place? Don't, don't think too much, babe. Okay. Like, you know... Just like turn the brain power down a few notches, okay. and just this is, just this is how I enjoy just get al- just get along just be just be on the ride. You I know what I mean. Your your dad asking me one Christmas what I thought of a movie, and I just gave him my bullet list of like my observations, and he's just like, "Can you even enjoy a movie?" <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a fair question. Yeah, so Devin is going super manic now. Okay. And then Allie goes to comfort him and says, baby, baby, you're losing it. And I was like, baby, when did this happen? Like it's this been in her mind the whole time when she's sculpting him. I get true. But it also makes me in the trees. I, I'm like, was there like a deleted scene where they kissed? 
It just seemed like really out of left field. Like there was no romantic tension between them at all. And then all of a sudden she's calling him baby. It was very, it was, it took so you're me not out supposed of it. to take it as she's odd. It's clearly, you feel like it, it was a it hiccup f- in the, it felt like a hiccup. Yeah. So I'm going to post more than that. I want to see if there's any deleted scenes where they like fuck or something. In a, the, and then, and then Devin's like, dear penthouse. I never thought it would happen to me. So <laughs> she's like, baby, you're losing it. We got to get you to my dad's cabin. And Devin says, I'm next. So now he is revealing what the pattern is. That, like, it was Mrs. Luton, then it was Care, then it was Stifler, now it's him, but and then Care's Allie still is alive, last. So do we not know that it's going to go back to Care yet? We don't, yeah. So he's like, I'm next, and Allie is like, and then me, I don't, I guess... Yeah, I guess she'd be the only one left. And Devin is like, I'm not going to let that happen. And she, he's like holding her face. Like, like I'm like, there has to be a deleted sex scene. Like, there's got to be a deleted sex scene somewhere. So Devin says, oh, no, Kara's like, we need to just get the fuck out of here. And they run off. Okay. Cut to Devin alone in Allie's dad's cabin. Like, Kara and Allie are not with him. It's just him alone in the fucking cabin. Question 15. You're trying to cheat death. You're in a cabin. What do you do? What does Devin do? Uh, I not be in a cabin. That's what I do. Okay. Where, okay. Where would you be? I would go. I mean, fuck, I don't know, but it feels like I've seen enough movies. So the cabin in the woods is not where you go. Not to where not you go to not die. Yeah. Uh, so I go... I think all places seem equally dangerous at this point. So I guess it doesn't matter where you are. If, if the specter of death is coming for you, if there's such a place that where you cannot die, I would go there, but I don't think there is. So I don't know what, what does he do in the cabin? He boards up the doors and windows. So he's trapping himself inside. That's what Devin does. Okay, what do you do? He doors on doors it. <laughs> doors on doors on doors. Uh, now, here's, do? here's I... where I'll tell you one thing that, that Kim and I do talk about sometimes. Okay. I'm not telling you that this is the direction you have to go, <laughs> but I do want to remind you that, like, there is a version of, like, keeping your soul alive. You know what I mean? So for that, I... So keeping your soul alive for Alex would seem to me if I can keep those other people alive but he's supposed to be next so i don't know how that i was more saying like for you like if there is a way that would keep eric's soul alive that is a valid way to answer Oh, then i would just play guitar all night my soul would be would be so happy no um if I get the fuck out of it, I go find these other people because I feel like I'm going to try and save them if I'm me. Okay. I think Devin does doors on doors and and barricades himself inside the cabin. But I think I don't allow... I would never allow myself to be taken to a fucking cabin by myself in the first place. We never would have gotten here. But you're here. me. But you're here. Okay. Well, then I leave. Yeah, I... I, I uh... Double ding. Double ding. Yeah. I. It's getting to the point... The reason that I said that is like, it's getting to the point now... Where it's like, if my life 
is just trying to cheat death, am I even living? But but can I do yeah, if death is inevitable, but can I do some good with whatever limited time I have left? Yeah. That's valid. Because what he does is he doors on doors on doors, Mm -hmm. windows on windows on windows, um, duct tape on duct tape. Like he literally is like duct taping lamps like to the walls so that they can like he's like earthquake proofing and like poltergeist proofing and like flood proofing anything sharp on the ground yes or something so it can't fall on him in a closet he like i guess he's reverse booby trapping he's he's the opposite of kevin McAllister. i literally wrote reverse booby trapping the cabin (laughs) i literally wrote reverse booby trapping the cabin that is exactly no i'm sorry i wrote anti-booby trapping the cabin yeah And, like, he's putting corks on nails, he's taping (laughs) lamps to the wall, he's boarding up windows, he puts an oil lamp on a turned-over bowl that's in a bowl of water. So, like, you know, if it falls over, it doesn't catch on fire, whatever. He also appears to be... I will postmortem this as well. Maybe I'll just straight up ask Devin Sawa, because he and I were talking today again on Twitter. Oh um, don't be jelly. Appears to be eating cat food. To which I was like, that seems like not the thing I would eat if I was trying to not die. Yeah, if I'm trying to stay alive, I have a strict people food policy. Yeah, but what he does is he puts on gardening gloves to like open the can. So he can't accidentally yeah how do you open a can with gloves on you can well, get your fingernail it's... under the thing yeah you can come bullshit <laughs> is it a can opener or no he, it's got top. a flip top thing with gloves on yes you can definitely do that we're gonna we're gonna do that on okay PPR. great we're gonna do it i can't wait so uh and then he eats it with a pl- eats cat food presumably with a plastic spoon um Then a breeze blows under the door. All right, you ready? Close your eyes for this. There's no question. You just get to be along for the ride for this. All right? So a breeze blows under the door. It knocks over a bag of trash. All right? That bag of trash knocks over a fishing pole. That fishing pole reels out and hooks around the handle of a door. What? Which then pulls the door, which then pulls the door open. Devin gets up just in time to shut the closet door and a knife comes through the wood of the door. So presumably Devin has put all sharp things inside the closet. But at, at eye level. At eye level, pointing point forward, Out. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it goes through the door. And he then picks up the hook carefully with the garden glove still on off of the hook. And he's like rusted. And he's like, you tried to capitalize, but I gotcha. Being like, oh, this whole Rube Goldberg thing. And you were just going to give me tetanus, but because I pulled this hook off kind of thing. And uh, he's like, I got this cabin rig to beat you. Death. Allie, back at her house, she's upstairs looking at a picture of her dad, and she's sad. Cut to the agent sitting outside the cabin. Oh, no, sorry, sitting outside her house. And she goes outside, 
and sees the agents are sitting there. And she's like, I'm not telling you where he is. And they're like, take us to him and we'll bring him in safely and put him in protective custody. Okay. Cut to Devin back at the cabin and he's laying out the chart again where it's like the explosion and the seating chart. He realizes that the path was wrong. He remembers that he switched seats. And so he goes, oh, it's not actually me who's next. It's Allie who's next. We see, oh. Question 16, what do you do? What does he do? Is this cabin equipped with a telephone, or is this like everything is on a everything is on a cul-de-sac? Oh, so you can just walk to her house. May as well be next door. Uh, He's hiding in the cabin next door. The cabin next door. I mean, with that bit of info, I think he walks to her. Walks, you know, with the quickness. I think he's, he's at my pace or your pace. Much more Ketrin pace. Okay. He Ketrin's his ass over to to her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walk at my pace, but I still get there. Slow and steady wins the race. So hand in hand, but at different speeds, we walk over to her house. I'm going to give you one point, my love. I love what a hero you are, but if your goal is to stay alive and you realize that Allie is next... You think staying in the uh, <laughs> bizarro Kevin McAllister house is the way to go? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe... Yeah. Are yeah. you going to argue that going to save her would keep your soul alive? You know, I, I mean, I think I was on that route. I'm going to give you a half a point then. I'm going to give you one and a half points. Okay. I'm gonna, because I do, I do acknowledge that, like, you have a lot of, like, guilt and don't like killing people and stuff. So, like, I feel like you'd be, like wanting to like save her yeah back to the this is inevitable but let me do some good yeah i still can yeah so that's fair i'm giving you a half a point yeah so cut to clear remember her name is clear (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) trying to forget it yeah um she's now back up in her room looking out her window um and it's a storm again there's thunder and lightning a a lightning a lightning a light A light pole, wait, a light pole is hit by lightning. There we go. A light pole is hit by lightning. Not a light pole. Telephone pole is hit by lightning. There is now a live wire on the driveway going, live wiring. How was that again? Cut to Devin leaving the cabin. The FBI pulls up. So she told them where he was. He's at the cabin next door. Um... He runs, well, they get there right as he's leaving, but instead of running down the street, he hops in, it's right on a lake, right? So he hops on into a boat and rows across the lake and the, and the FBI is like, well, get him on the other side. In a thunderstorm. He's like, let me get in the middle of a lake. Yeah. Actually, I don't believe, I think it's only storming at. Allie's house. <laughs> on just, oh, the east side of the cul-de-sac, 
thunderstorm west yeah. side where the cabin is. Yeah. Clear skies. <laughs> I think so. I mean, that happens. I remember once when I was in fifth It does grade, happen. I was, you know, it, it doesn't rain everywhere. It rain eventually. Yeah. So I, was, I had a thing where it was raining in my front yard and not in my backyard. And I must have run back and forth to look out the front door and the back door no less than 600 yeah. times because I was my fucking mind was blown. I had a similar experience, but it wasn't even, I didn't even have the house separating it. I went to Bennington College for a summer program, and there's this giant, beautiful lawn with a bunch of like, uh, like houses that were all like where we stayed along either side of the lawn. It was raining on half of the lawn and not raining on the other half of the lawn. And were you zigzagging back we, and forth? We could li- no, we could literally stand in the center of the lawn and one arm was wet and the other one wasn't. That's pretty cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Anyway, so that's what they're doing. Okay. Um, and so he's rowing away. Cut back to... Can we... Can we can't. We can't. Forget the, forget the thunder can't. of it. Why, forget why the thunder is- of it. Why is why is this the fastest route to her? It's not the fastest route to her. He's trying to run away from the FBI now. Okay. 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 So you're like we can't. We can't, <laughs> we can't do this. So we cut to clear lighting a candle because now all her electricity is out, right? And the dog is chained up outside and is barking at the live wire. Don't worry, the dog is fine. It's fine. But she does put on her coat to, like, go help the dog. The candle goes out, obviously. Cut back to Devin, getting out of the boat on the other side. He's running through the woods. They see him cross the street. And they get out and chase him on foot through the woods. Alex. uh, And they're like, Alex, we're trying to help you. Cut to Allie calling for Prince, who's the dog. The clothesline, it's one of those, like, upside down umbrella clotheslines and that comes up out of the ground and gets tangled up in the live wire and almost impales her with one of its spokes okay cut back to uh, death is really rube goldberg is death remember okay cut to alex tumbling down a hill because he's fallen and it is raining now so now he's in the rain as they chase him and he like tumbles and literally like stops like this with like as close as this mic is to me that's where like a pointy branch is like pointing right at his face like he just avoided being impaled through the face by a branch um and uh cut back to Allie. the the clothesline impales her above ground pool instead so now we have water rushing everywhere with a live wire going she manages to get prince free she sets prince free he runs off he's fine don't worry about prince we're all good we never see him again because he's off being happy um she then right before the water from the pool that's spilling everywhere like touches her feet Because it's, you know, electricity, how electricity works and all that kind of stuff. She dives to the side of the house and grabs a trellis. Okay? So now she's, like, hanging onto the side of the house by a trellis. And um, she's trying to, like, climb back up to her bedroom window. Cut to Alex running and now running through the woods again. And a tree falls on him. Now, it's, it's, it's a tree that's heavy. But it obviously doesn't kill him. It doesn't crush right? his spine, necessarily. Right. 
but it is on top of him and he's now drowning face down in the mud okay <laughs> okay sure. so we're like fuck well, like he we're, we're in trouble and the fbi is like looking for him and he can't yell or say like i'm treed <laughs> right yeah so cut back to uh clear on the trellis um, she's trying to climb up. Obviously, she grabs the gutter. It falls. She almost falls into the water. You see it. Um, and we but now. It's also raining, so isn't that trellis wet? And couldn't that just travel up the trellis? I'm gonna need you to like turn your brain power down like seven notches. Okay. Great. Done. So now we cut to Devin drowning in the mud, trying to push the tree off of him. It's not looking good. This might be it for Devin. Cut to Allie Spoilers. breaking. <laughs> cut to Allie breaking her bedroom window to get inside. Uh, everything in the house now is like exploding. Like everything that was electric is like exploding now. Sure. Okay. Sure. Question seventeen: What do you do? What does she do? Everything is exploding. I. She's in her bedroom. Now, when I say explode, hold on. When I say exploding, it's like, it's like that. Yeah. And just kind of like sparks. And I, I have different answer now that you said that my answer was going to be, if things are like actually exploding is grab the mattress and pull it over on top of myself. So nothing, no shrapnel hits me in explosions. Okay. But if it's not explosions, it's just, it's a little, it's a little explosion. Okay. Yeah. It's like split the difference. You know what I mean? How much fire is happening with these it's, it's. I mean, it's less fire than you want in your house. I mean, it's more fire than you want in your house? Sorry. it's. <laughs> yeah, it's more fire than you want in your house. It's more fire than you want in your house. But are things catching on fire? Or is it like if you're they not... They could. They could and will and might and do and possibly so are. So it's not the kind of... It's not... So laying underneath the mattress feels very flammable so i'm not going to do that i think uh go back out to the trellis fuck it (laughs) okay well i was doing all right out there uh clearly the electricity can't climb what does she do she runs to the breaker box and tries to shut all the switches off so i don't know that's all i got I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a half point um, because I don't. I don't think literally running back to the trellis is the move, but the act of getting like out and away from the house. I maybe a backdoor kind of situation. Yeah. So that's why I gave you like a half point. Um, What she does. She goes into the garage from the house, obviously, and gets into the car. Okay. You have to go down the driveway where all the sparky wires are. Hold that thought. So she gets into the car. The garage door won't open because it's electric, Mm. right? So she just reverses through the garage door. But the thing, like... The thing that pulls the door up, you know, uh, that comes off of the ceiling and, like, impales, like, through the 
windshield. Windshield. And so now she's her car is like hooked, basically. Okay. Obviously, that also knocks a can of flammable liquid onto the ground. Also. So now there's a there's a stream of flammable liquid, right? Going lots of thumbtacks falls over. Yes, exactly. And the car now stalls. So she's hooked. The car is stalled. She's halfway. She's she's out of the of the garage, but can't go any further because again, she's like hooked. Yeah. Um, and the live wire is now on top of the hood of her car, just hanging out, hanging out on the hood of her car, like a creepy snake. Okay. okay. Alex gets there. How did he get out of his tree situation? I can't remember, but he did. He he got super strength and lifted the tree off of him and, and ran next door to Allie's house. Okay. And he gets there and he's like, don't move. All right. So I guess there's no like water on the driveway from the pool. Maybe that was in the back and now she's in the front possibly. But the live wire is on the hood of her car. I see your brain thinking I need it to stop. Well, I'm going to think, you can't stop me from thinking, but I, you can, I will not speak on it. Uh, okay. I just think you're, you'll enjoy it more if you just kind of like stop thinking <laughs> okay. about it, you know? So Alex gets there and he's like, don't get out of the car because you're grounded by the tires, which I thought was smart. The rubber tires ground you. Isn't that a thing? I mean. That's the thing I was taught. Yes, but it's raining, so there's water. So that, I don't know how that... But you're saying there's, noth- there's nothing wet happening over there. I feel like there's water. So let's postmortem it. I'll postmortem... No, because no. When else would there be a lightning storm other than when there's also water and they say stay in your car because the rubber tires ground you? Unless that's just an a, old... But if your car's in a puddle, but you say there's not water. If the pool water is not a factor, rain water is not a factor. Yeah, I don't know. All right, just we'll postmortem it. Okay. Make note. So he's like, you're grounded by the tire, but the can of gas has also some flammable liquid, and it's now gone underneath the car. Oh, no. Okay. And inching towards a box of fireworks. Yes. And the live wire lights that line of flammable liquid. And so it's now like underneath the car, it's fire. The car is about to explode. Alex says, I can only hold it for so long. You know what to do. It'll skip. Hold it. What's he holding? The live wire. Okay. It'll skip you death. And I'll be dead, and we will have beaten it. And then he says, I'll always be with you, because remember that secret sex scene that we had, where that's how we talk to each other. So he grabs the live wire. It obviously punches him back right as the FBI pulls up. She gets out of the the car, because he's now taken the live wire off the car, as just soon as she, before. Just before the car explodes, which then blows him back more, I guess. Maybe it's the live wire and the car explosion. Blo- it blows him back, right? She looks, and he's on the ground of the garage sizzling, like, he, like sizzling, and is out. She runs over to him, 
and he's impaled by something like he's definitely bleeding and she starts saying come on baby you can't do this to me i'm like you guys literally just met you just met you went to school Did she for just say we've never said we've never said yes and now it's like you can't do this to me i can't live without you i'm like literally you've only been living without each other um <laughs> Got <laughs> seventeen years of practice. Yeah, so, yeah. So the FBI runs in, okay, to be like I don't know CPR or some shit, <laughs> and it fades to white, and we see a tunnel, like he's going into the white light. The white light turns into a terminal hallway plane thing. Okay, six months later, Allie. Care and Devin are getting off a plane being like, can you believe we made it? I can't believe we got on a plane again. Cut to them in Paris. And I was like, I truly (laughs) would never get on a fucking plane again. Like, I'd want to, but like, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe playing, I would. Unless you're playing like the, I have better odds of winning the lottery than being in two explodey planes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I know the story. It, Travis Barker was in a plane crash. Do you remember that? Uh, yes. And he survived, obviously. Uh-huh. But like from that point up until like last year, he had never been on a plane. Yeah. He didn't get on a plane again until Kourtney Kardashian was like, let's get on a plane, motherfucker. And he's the most pussy whip dude I've ever seen in my life. And he was like, I'll get on this plane. And now he's cured. And Blink just announced a tour. So that would have been really yeah. fucking inconvenient if he wasn't. So I guess Maybe the moral that's why is they waited this long to tour is yeah. like, Travis not get on a plane. Yeah. Pussy cures all. That's what I'm saying. You know, and, and we're about to find out that the uh, alley cured Devin. Cause Devin got on a plane. He's alive again. Um, what's cures deal? We'll find out. So, oh, Allie is blonde now. She's not a dork anymore because she has a boyfriend. So this feels like reshoot shit where they were she's, just like, get her back in here. Well, I don't have the same hair. She's no one will notice. No, it's that she has a boyfriend now. Therefore, she's like, we're society has now found that she's worthy and people who are worthy are marked by blonde hair. Oh, didn't you know that? Or is that not? Is that not what you're taught in school? (laughs) That's what we're taught as women in our sex education classes. I mean, I dyed my hair blonde, but I think it's for very different reasons. And it's because I I marked you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so they're like, it's weird being here. And they're like, we finally completed the puzzle. And they make a toast to all of their friends and uh, Kara's like, if you would have told me six months ago that three of us would be having a drink. And he's like, but you two are the only ones who understand me. And Allie's like, and Kara's like, but we won. And then Devin like pulls out his notepad and he's like, the only thing. Oh, no. Allie says the only thing we wanted is a chance at a full life. And then Devin pulls out his map and he's like, the only thing I can't figure out. And they're like, just let it go, man. And he's like, no one intervened on me, so I'm still up next, he says. Allie is like, give it a rest. She's like, what if we were supposed to be the ones who lived? Like, maybe that was the design. Like, 
That's what it was. And Carter is like, all I know is I'm the safest motherfucker here because you're still next. So, like, basically, he's, like, invincible until Devin dies, theoretically. (laughs) So then he hear then Devin hears John Denver in French. Like there's a French guy. There's a French guy playing John Denver. Then he sees him. How would that sound? I don't even fucking know John Denver in English, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was looking for some yes and thing. (laughs) I I couldn't even have I didn't even I had no yes and I had no and. I had nothing. I had I had no goodbye. That's all I had. So then he sees a meat truck open and like some guy like, you know, meat hook a meat. And then a heat lamp ignites wildly. And then he flips around and wine spills on his table and highlights the part of the paper that says me. Okay, so now it looks like there's like blood on the part that says me. Question 18, what do you do? What does Devin do? So he just saw a bunch of signs, right? Zip, 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 zip. But this isn't these weren't premonitions. This is stuff that really happened. It really happened, but like remember it's about seeing signs. Like it's sometimes he has premonitions or a piece of paper blows over Todd. to him and says Todd. Okay. Yeah. I think he has a a momentary panic attack but then breathes a sigh of relief cuz I think he thinks he's got it beat. So he gets tense for a second. And then just wipes the the wine off and is like, we're good. I think I, first of all, I would always be wearing a helmet and some kind of armor. So Teflon. Te- Teflon. Kevlar. Kevlar. Right? Not Teflon. You're not wearing a, a skillet. Skillet. <laughs> so I just, uh, I check all of the, the buckles and snaps on all of my body armor, my okay. tactical gear. Okay. And if everything's good, then I go back to my meal. And what is, so you go back to your meal. What is he? Oh, and he breathes he, a sigh he, of relief. He sighs of relief, wipes the wine off, kind of chuckles. Point for you. He flips out oh. and he goes, I'm going back to the hotel. And Allie says, uh, no, wait, I'll come with you. Cause we're soulmates Strength or whatever. Oh, um, yes. And baby, I'll come with baby, you. I'll come with you. Devin is like, no, you stay here. And Care is like, I told you you were next, like being an asshole. So Devin goes. Allie has stayed, but she sees a truck coming, and so she yells his name. Alex! The bus misses him. But then, remember, the Grim Reaper is Rube Goldberg. We see that some wire comes loose on a giant sign and the sign starts to come down, like swing down, like a pendulum swing down towards him. Okay. Coming right at him. That's wow. Yes. Wire sound. Yes. Carter gets up, dives for Devin and pushes him out of the way. Carter then says, I told you you were next. And Devin looks at him and says, no, it just skipped me. And Care says, so who's next? And we see the sign come swinging back credits. So we don't even see Care die, but he died. Credits. So where's the fucking tree truck? Is that not even in that movie? No. 
It's not even in that movie. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was like, they is it, was that scene in France? Also, I must ha- be one of the sequels, or is that also? Even- I've only ever seen the first Final Destination. So that, okay. Um, I went and looked on IMDb. Devin's not even in the other Final Destinations. So can we say for sure that he lived? Oh yeah, he de- Devin definitely lived. I guess I don't know. That's credits. Okay, so uh, all right. Yeah, a total of my points. Yeah, I got thoughts. <laughs> okay. Hi, Sammies. So we heard a rumor that you're not signed up for our awesome Patreon yet. What? Where are you getting your bone con then? It's cool. It's fine. You can still subscribe. Just hit the link in the show notes or search for us on Patreon. We're right there. We've got all kinds of bone con. That's bonus content. We've got mini sods, post mortems, and Q and As, all live stream. Polls, prizes, merch, and just a general smorgasbord of KK Sam. So join us. Or else. Okay. How'd I do? For Dead or Alive, you got seven out of eight, my love. Oh, shit. Nice job. For questions, you got 22 out of 36 for a total of 29 out of 44. That doesn't feel terrible. That no, it was like great. Right. It was really good. Fucking A. All right, give me, your, give me your quick thoughts, because I have a poodle that I have to attend to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my only thought is, like, that six-month time jump, I instantly just go, so what the fuck was going on for six months? Like, did they live in complete peace, or were they paranoid maniacs for six months? Like, I always thought that about the movie, I know what you did last summer. It's like the, the death happens, mm-hmm. and then, spoiler for people who haven't seen it, and then we join them a year later, and they're all wildly different characters because they were traumatized by what happened, but we've skipped, to me, the movie of, I know what you did last summer would have been more interesting if we had seen yeah. that year. I kind of go, I want to know what the fuck that six months was. That Why don't you like make that movie? Inter- make the six months movie. Devin, <laughs> are you available? We're going to make, we're going to make a, digitally de-age him. Yeah. We're going to make a, a sequel prequel to, but also there's like, the there's no one. in-world story reason for death to just like let them fuck around for six months and then decide to show up and start. Other than the fact asses. that like death is like a fucking bitch, dude. Yep, but death, death is chopping everybody up in quick succession every few hours, killing somebody. Yeah. It's going to be like, except, ah. except listen to what a fuck he is though. Because like, he doesn't go around just like giving people aneurysms where they die peacefully and quickly in their sleep. He's like concocting like fucking that game mousetrap, like exactly. trying to like kill him that way. So like, the I think he's a, the ball. Yeah. The like I think death's kind of a bitch. So like maybe he did. He was like, all no. right, let's give them six months of peace. They're no. going to think I forgot all about them. Death is not a bitch. Death is a Mac daddy. <laughs> <laughs> poor, Tony. poor Tony. Poor, poor Tony. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope this was fun to listen to. I had a blast uh, doing you know what? this with you. I love you so much. I love you so much. You're just the best. You guys, seriously, the reason that this podcast has been able to endure is because of the support that Eric gives us. Like, if they're obviously, you know, he supports us emotionally and mentally and mostly me. Mostly me. He supports he supports me emotionally and mentally. But, like, the amount of work that he's able to take off her plate and the expertise that he has in things that, like, Kim and I are just not as well versed in like he really has made it so that Kim and I are able to keep doing this and have it be fun because you know this is definitely a three person job and Eric is an important you know point of our little triangle so thank you 
Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to work on this show. I'm very proud of it and that we're still going after four years and 218 episodes is uh, pretty a testament to how good our team works. So yes. we have a live show tonight, you guys. If you're listening to this on Wednesday the 19th, the day it comes out, it's going to be 6 p.m. on the West Coast, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. It's going to be Kim and Kat. I'm not, I mean, I'll be there, but I'm not going to be talking. It's going to be the duo that you love back together reunited and it feels so good uh, <laughs> and yeah and uh at the times mentioned before and check out our live show yeah um we love you guys so much so this has been kim and ket stay alive maybe so until next week stay, stay alive, alive. <laughs> goodbye me i'm done (laughs) thank you for listening to the dread podcast network